So, uh, how closely have you been following tech news this week, specifically one Elon Musk's kind of public breakdown? Uh, not much other than, like, I've seen you post here and there, but yeah. Sure. Uh, I've seen a tweet storm, I'll say that. I've seen parts of a tweet storm. But, uh... There was a tweet storm, and I... I've I've chosen to kind of ignore Elon Musk as of late because, well, I find him annoying at this point and just kind of obnoxiously rich, but there's been a new kind of trend going on with him that I I could not continue to ignore and had to just kind of immerse myself in because it's amazing, and I just had to let my pores soak up that beautiful cyberpunky goodness. So, uh, (laughs) in things that shouldn't be news... Mr. Musk has recently changed his Twitter icon from whatever the fuck it was recently to the protagonist from the previous uh, Deus Ex games. What's it? Um, uh, uh, J.C. I, Denton? Yes. Yes, it's J.C. Denton. And a lot of people have, based on this and this kind of recent rant, taken it upon themselves to look at it and go, Elon realizes he's Bob Page, the bad guy from that game, not J.C. Denton, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, he, and people have, that have compared him to, like, Nikolai Tesla, I'm like, no, he, in this situation, he's Edison. Well, so, and- And everything, even... and every bad thing that implies- well, so, and, like, this one gets crazier because people have started, like, digging into stuff that's been said versus the plot points of that game. So, I guess mild spoilers for Deus Ex, but, like, the Grey Plague is the major kind of plot of that game. And yeah. one, uh, Bob Page uh, promises millions of dollars of medical relief that never shows up, akin mm-hmm. to Mr. Musk's promise of ventilators that have also never showed up. Uh, not as much as you reported, but I think... I think a couple of those hospitals did actually receive stuff. Did they? I don't remember if they actually did. Well, well, the problem is, a lot of the ventilators he had were, weren't, or what he had, was providing wasn't medical grade. Mm. That, was, that was the article that I read. That was on his first attempt at that, is like, what he was providing wasn't actually medical grade, so nobody could use it. But anyways. Yeah. yeah. I, Tech dystopia. I... I just like to look at this and go, oh shit, we are just years away from cyberpunk, which means it's time to start preparing to chop off my arms with slick-ass cyborg hands. Yep. Oh, yeah. We oh, call- yeah, let's do this. We called it, we're in the cyberpunk future, we didn't get the space future, we didn't get the Mad Max when we're getting cyberpunk. Yeah. I was kind of hoping for the Back to the Future future, but... but it's That's like, kind of right. cyberpunk. And, you know, I've I've kind of been back and forth on Elon Musk, mainly like, he shouldn't, A, he shouldn't talk about things he doesn't know about, actually, which is apparently quite a bit. B, he's not an inventor. People see him as, an, yep. as a Tesla. He's Edison. He's invest, he's a investor. He's a moneymaker. That's what he is. He sees yep. technology and he invests in it and he makes money off of it, which is what Edison did. Edison didn't really invent much at all. A couple of things he did, but many things he just bought and then and then made a patent for. That's Elon Musk. He's not the hero of the story. I don't think he's as, as like the villain, but it's like he I don't know. Between that and like Portland's stripper delivery services that are now happening apparently because of COVID, 
it feels oh, like it we're gets... really getting into into cyberpunk. As the as the Portland resident right now, I feel like I have to share with you that evolution of the Portland delivery service. Maybe this should be safe for in the actual podcast. This feels like an in the actual podcast topic because it will re- yield good names for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 201. That's right, we're coming out of the... Last week's episode was 200, it's over. Nothing special about this week's episode, except it's another episode of the Wicked Awesome Cast. Uh, we're back down to the gruesome threesome, or... does not roll off the tongue the way I thought it was going to. I apologize for that one, anyone listening to that. I, my brain thought gruesome twosome, and it got locked up. Like, no, there's not two of you anymore, there's three. Stop forgetting to count yourself, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. Uh, web co- uh, wow, a webcomic. I'm fucking all over. Uh, 200 took two- all of it out of me last week, apparently. Well, you just hey. revealed our big surprise that we're coming out with a webcomic. Dude, I ran yeah. a webcomic at one point. We're never becoming a webcomic. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, a podcast about video games think we've been good lately about being mostly about video games actually we have been been. as always i'm charlie aka mordak on most social media or mordak undivided on most gaming platforms joined by kraken zero aka nomad har aka henry and alex only guy who has one handle for everything like some sap mave online (laughs) called brandy yeah, I, it's it's why I try and unify all my stuff. I just hate Mordak Undivided for most things. Cause it's way too fucking long. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I've been. Well, I mean, I've only started using Kraken Zero after I started pro wrestling, which is where I came up with that. But it's slowly taking over more of my accounts. But it's like the the one account that I've been slow to. I don't know. I, I've kind of established a Twitch thing as. Like my old username that I've been using for yeah. like twenty years. You can years. change um, names on Twitch now. Oh yeah, yeah, you can change it pretty easily. But it's just like I don't, I, I, and and I've seen other people change their names on Twitch. But then it's just like, oh, okay, you're that, and you were that. But it's just like, I don't know. It, I, I've I've practically kind of established as like most people just call me Nomad on Twitch. Um. Which is, like I said, that's a nomad is a thing I've been using for like 20 years at this point. So Yeah, it's like... I'm, I'm in a similar boat where I, I go one step further where I think like, the internet's anonymous, but like I think like you should be required to have the same username for as many things as possible, just so like you have some version of a digital footprint, like your Reddit account should be the same as your Twitter, should be the same as as many of your gamer tags as possible. So there is at least the possibility of holding people responsible for such instances, but I know that's kind of me just being like, no, no, the net shouldn't be totally anonymous either. But yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm of the school that I like the anonymity of the internet. That it's very good for some things, but it's not good for all things. I do too. I think, but it's also one of those ones where I am in the camp of 
I would trade some of this anonymity for people that like say fucked up shit online, getting having it spill back into their real life because just because they can hide behind anonymity does not mean it's right in most instances. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I also know that people, especially people that live under a repressive regime, yes, and that's... Or, or people that are like, well, it's like some people are, uh, have good reason to have people not necessarily know who they are online, that they may be, yeah, that they have one reason or another where it's like, uh, no, I'm, they yeah. have a super valid reason for I'm like, talking to be... old, I, I'm talking purely in the instance of like, if, you're attending a pro-gun rally that's just standing in restaurants with heavy machine gun weaponry. That shouldn't be something you can do anonymously. No, no. I mean, that's... But you're standing there in real life, so I mean, that's... Often in a face mask, so... But, yeah, uh... But yeah, I'm... As far as on the internet, though, I think there's very good reasons to have... to be able to still have anonymity. But, anyways... Anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. This is not the focus of this podcast. Oh, we're light and upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Fluffy topics. Fluffy topics. Yeah, sorry <laughs> for that, having a unified uh, fucking username there. Yeah, fuck you, Alex. <laughs> back on, we're back on track now. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first, I guess? I, I can go. I got a quick week this week. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I actually played a new video game. It's called SnowRunner. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, what console or what? Uh, I've been playing it on PC. I don't think I like SnowRunner. I, I don't think it's a bad game, but like what initially I thought would be a game super up my alley has proven to not be a game I've been too long term. I think uh, SnowRunner is uh. Remember the game Spin Tires? Uh, no. Okay, so th- this may have been something you managed to miss out on. Uh, back in, I think, like, 2014, there was this, like, two-week period where everyone was, like, weirdly into this game called Spin Tires. And hmm. uh, Spin Tires is a, it's a simulation game, a la kind of truck simulator or train simulator, but it focused on kind of the challenges and puzzle-like aspect of what driving large trucks or small trucks or just really driving in general in thick mud is like. And the puzzle-solving nature that goes into getting from point A to point B in not-so-ideal driving conditions. Like, I'm not talking like fire or magma or Odin's on your trail trying to burn your car. I'm talking like, man... This mile stretch of the highway has a mudslide on it, and we need to get this crane to the opposite side of the mud field to do repairs. How do we do that? Well, it's a slow, tedious process of winching and correct angles and proper tire placement and weight ratios and all that jazz to maximize your grip. And that, for the most part, was spin tires. Like, it was a delivery simulator game plus the added challenge and puzzle aspect of off road mudding. So, and because of the similarities, I thought SnowRunner was made by that same group of people. It is not. It is made by the people that made MudRunner, apparently. A game that's history I don't totally get, but either it's part of the Spin Tire Legacy, or like an obnoxious copy of the Spin Tire Legacy, or 
the less successful game of a very similar type that came out around the spin tire point in time. And what I'm now learning is that, yeah, there's a reason Mudrunner was less well known. And I have fond memories of Mudrunner. Like, as someone who, like, did light off-roading as a kid, like, not in, like, a cool way, in a lived a place with a season called Mud Season kind of way, I enjoyed my tire spin. It, this one adds snow and mud and ice and, like, just more conditions to the mix, and it does an adequate job of doing it, I guess. Like, I think it has some gameplay failures. The game looks pretty good. I, It's got a very slow start, which I think the game does not do itself a lot of favors for. It could use a little more of an arcade vibe. It's very simulator. This is very much a... Uh, Eastern European developed simulator game of some kind. Like it, it has all that mm. vibe to it where a lot's been put into focusing really on you ripping trees down by accident, winching to the wrong tree, and less so on, yeah, but how fun is this actually? <laughs> if you're looking for that heavy sim, it's probably definitely up your alley. Like I, I add some fun with it. I streamed a little bit of it i don't know i'll be going back to it the game is unbelievably frustrating and not from just a getting stuck in the mud standpoint i find the interface to be a headache i find the fact that the truck i started off with didn't get added to my fucking garage once i found the garage and i'm not sure if i need to go back now and get that truck and register it to the garage for it to show up there now like it's it's little details like that, that I just don't quite get what they were thinking. Where I'm like, no, I don't want to have to, like, now that I've driven to the garage the first time, go back and get that fucking car I hate driving, that's the scout vehicle, to register it here. It should just show up here. Like, I find a truck, it should just be added to my pool of trucks. Or I buy a truck, it should be added. Don't make this some, like, oh, you have to bring the truck to the garage to register it. Okay, yeah, maybe the first time, but, like, the starting vehicle should be part of your vehicle pool, right? Yeah, it's also like it spent me a, it, it, for a chunk of time. I was just fast forwarding the progression of time because the game neglected to tell me how to turn on my fucking headlamps. It's like, oh, by the way, you have headlamps. I'm like, that'd be real good to know three hours ago. Like the first time I fast forwarded time because I couldn't see shit. But uh, it's it's for a certain type of people that I am not, I think. Uh, it's it's no spin tires, which I think, if I had known it wasn't from the spin tire people, I might not have bought into this. I learned about this um, game on kind of like a, what's the right phrase for this? Uh, a, a car website for people that like don't care that much about cars, but think cars are cool, if that makes any sense. Like, we don't want to talk about vintage cars. We just kind of sit there and be like, look at this cool-ass car. It is a cool-ass car. Mm. You got that right. <laughs> that car does indeed look cool. Is it fast? It's super fast. How fast? Like, crazy fast. Crazy fast? You say, that's cool, that's cool. What about the drivetrain? Don't care. Do not care. Just want to know if that car is crazy fast or not. Look at this Jeep. That's a cool Jeep. It's super good off-road, is it now? You want to ask more questions? No, I believe you. I don't know shit about off-roading Jeeps. I know winches, though. It got a winch port. It does have a winch port. Nice. You build it a car? Nah, I bought these cars. Cool. Cool. 
<laughs> Those are the car websites I go to. They're very relaxed. They're not like they're, they're actually about the cars, not car culture. They're like, man, isn't this car cool? Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool car, and and nothing cool car. See, the thing is, is like one of my brothers, his thing really is cars, and I got so he has he has a people. lot he has a lot to say about it. So yeah. it's like the stuff you're talking about. I'm like, I've been in. You know, I has almost hesitant to say conversations with my brother because I have nothing to add. Yeah. When he's telling me about some new car and its drivetrain and its whatever, it's all his characteristics, and I'm just like nodding. I'm like, uh huh, it's cool, but uh, I don't actually have anything to add to this conversation because I know literally nothing that you're talking about. I might as well be like talking your head off on the the more the minutia of AI. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, which I do, but yeah, <laughs> I understand where I don't have knowledge, and it's a lot of places, and Cars is one of them. Yeah, I, this is gonna sound mean, I don't intend it this way, like, I'm not knocking things you're into, but, like, the hardcore car culture people and the fucking fantasy football people occupy the same kind of slice of my brain that finds those two hobbies annoying, where it's like, no, no. I, I, I just wanted to know, it's like, I, I, I would love to talk about how this car looks cool. I don't need the dissected diatribe on, like, the minutia of why this car is or is not cool, and my perspective on this is wrong, because if I got down to, like, the gear train details or something, then I'd really be getting about what made this car cool or not cool. I just think, I'm like, that's a cool-looking car. Eh, that's, that's, a, that's a good sports team, isn't it? No, it, it, it has these points problems. I, I don't care anymore. You, you've lost me immediately. No, but I want to talk about this. We have to talk about this my way. No, we don't. Uh, but you also say this as a person that literally does a video game podcast. I'm aware I'm a hypocrite. This is not something new. <laughs> uh, it's more, I guess, like the aggressiveness of those two fandoms. It's... They have a way of forcing where it's like, you can be a casual video game player, and I have nothing against that, you filthy casual. Get the fuck out of my hobby. But at the same time, <laughs> that was a joke. I don't really care about casuals. Do your thing. Yeah, we aren't into gatekeeping here. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> I will gatekeep for things that deserve to be gatekeeped. Like, fucking oatmeal raisin cookies should not be called cookies. They should be called scones. That's a whole separate topic. <laughs> That is a thing I will die on my sword for to the end to the end of time kind of thing, but no one is hurt by that either, except like the one dude who's out there being like, "Oatmeal raisin cookies are the best cookies," and that fucker is wrong. Oatmeal raisin oatmeal cookies are delicious. Oatmeal, oatmeal cookies are, are great. Oatmeal raisin cookies are garbage. The oatmeal am... chocolate chip cookie is amazing. I don't Agreed. like raisins in my pastries. I, that's just. I'm a, I'm cool with raisins. I'll eat raisins, though I don't keep them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll have, like, raisin bran or something, but when it comes to my pastries, I don't really like them as a texture in a yeah. pastry, I guess is what it comes down to. Jen has a perspective that she doesn't like cooked fruit that I generally don't agree with, like, because pineapple on pizza is delicious. But when it comes to the idea of cooking a raisin, I'm like, no, you're you're right, this is horrible. Like, this is wrong. It changes the texture into a weird leathery mess. Well, and also, but I mean, jelly is cooked fruit too, so jellies and jam. Yeah, but it's like reduced fruit. That's a, in my mind, it goes to the same process as like pie filling, where it's like 
if if you're defending this as a cooked fruit, like yes, it's technically a cooked fruit, but like <laughs> chemical reactions that have happened, states of matter changes have partially occurred. Like if you saw what an what's inside an apple pie growing on a tree, you'd be like that tree is sick. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a person who actually knows how to make jams and jellies, I learned from my grandmother. Um, yeah, I kind of know more about the process than I even need to, and I know two ways of making them as well. If you One saw was... a bush leaking raspberry jam, you'd call an exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I want that bush now, like just, ah, the, the raspberry jam bush. <laughs> it's raspberry champs. He's oh, you gonna make champ? No, it comes from this bush. Toss yeah. it. Uh, I so I, I felt that I was being attacked. So, uh, after last week's rant about the Black Knight, I went back and did a little more research. And yes, the Black Knight is technically in Pinball Arcade. It is one of the fifty some odd cabinets that they split from Valley and West. Uh, gutted out of that game, and that makes me sad. And I've definitely started to look into ways to get a version of that game that has that functionality in it. Don't hmm. at me on that one. It's going to be questionable at best, because that's a real shitty thing to do to that game, and it's not the maker's fault. It's a pure licensing situation. And yep. it really sucks because um, Pinball FX3, a game I knocked pretty fucking hard last week, I guess now has those licenses, and after the research, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go look at Pinball FX3 again. Like, maybe I was a tad snapped to judge by my initial pass on this one. Like, no, I stand by everything I said. That game fucking sucks. Like, it's it's not bad for me if you don't know shit about pinball kind of thing, but, like, it adds motion blur to the ball, and ha most of the tables Ugh. in that game are like, hey, we have mini games in your pinball. I don't want this. Mini games! <laughs> Like it's that it's that bullshit cartoony like this can only happen in a simula in a fake simulator type of pinball where it's like oh look at this living tree I don't want this out of my pinball simulator game I want to play at a fake table in a digital environment but this is so much fun isn't it no just let me play really well recreated versions of cabinets I already love. I would just play, the, like, the Windows pinball game if I wanted to play this bullshit. There are well, better like, fake pinball games out there. Yeah, well, it's like they kind of forget that the people who would be playing, you know, pinball on, you know, in a video game are going to be pinball enthusiasts. Yeah. It's not going to be me. It's going to be people who really enjoy pinball in real life. And they don't enjoy pinball in real life or weird mini games in motion blur that's that's just kind of a fact yeah i i put a little bit I, I put a lot of time into trying to like pinball fx3 before i figured out what them owning the valley license has equated to and it sucks and they're like we have enhanced tables and not enhanced tables i'm like okay what's an enhanced table oh no you ruined a table i like fuck you What's the not enhanced table like? Oh no, the enhancements were covering up the fact this is a shit table the way you made it. So their recreations are not good. So yeah, and that's the thing. It's like if you're <sighs> making a game with accurate physics is not the easiest thing in the world. I mean, like there are good physics engines that exist, and there are also not as good physics engines that exist. Yeah. And also, if you're 
trying to if you're trying to program it yourself instead of relying on something like Havoc or another physics uh, library, uh, that might be very very difficult. <laughs> yeah, like the the example I would use to kind of further explain. I don't mean to I don't mean to turn these podcasts into me ranting about simulated pinball because God knows we could go for a while on that one. Is like the big difference between the two is that like. I know it's not how it actually works, but like the ones from Pinball Arcade, I believe if my ball goes up a ramp and vanishes from sight, it is still on a ramp somewhere inside the fake physical body of that Pinball Arcade cabinet before it reappears somewhere else. The uh, Pinball FX3 one, that ball that went in that door is gone and a new fake ball has come out another door because video games. Yes, I know both are doing the same thing, probably, but, like, just something about how the Pinball Arcade one feels captures that. No, that ball's traveling on a tiny little ramp inside the machine right now. It's going to pop up over here, because that's where the ramp goes, versus Pinball FX3, which is, yep, I went through the magic door, ball comes out the other magic door. It doesn't feel mechanical enough, which, enough for me, I guess, which... It's really weird to talk about in a simulated pinball environment. But yeah, you're right where it's like, it's me sitting there being like, I don't want these fancy modes you tacked on. I just want something that feels like I'm awkwardly standing at a table in a basement or a pizza place playing pinball. Oh, we've got these cool lights. I don't care. Like, if we can get the, like, weird people put cool glasses down on top of the glass, like assholes mod for this this will be more authentic for me <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's there again it's like you gotta you gotta cater to your actual consumers because your extra modes that you're sticking on your pinball that's not making me want to play it yeah i'm just not a pinball person and many games don't make me want to play it anymore oh, it, it reminds me of the stuff that killed pinball ultimately which is a whole other annoying time period I can talk about at some point in the far future. Like, it's, the early 2000s for pinball was this, like, bizarre hellscape of them putting, like, touch-sensitive or, like, trapdoor screens mm. into pinball tables. The only good yeah. one was the Phantom Menace Star Wars one, and even that one kind of fucking sucked. Have you seen that? I, I can't remember it now, but a, a, a pretty new pinball machine that's, like, it's one of the few that actually has an end game to it and yeah. an ending, and that actually seems pretty cool. I yeah. saw somebody actually once. I watched somebody one CC that. I was like, actually, that that actually seems pretty cool. I don't know if it's, it's the it, same table. I've seen that a couple times, and if those are done well, they're fine in my book. They're not what I'm looking for out of a pinball table, though. Like it's. It's weird, like, it's one of those ones you video gamified essentially a pool table in my mind at that point, and I'm like, okay, I get this, but also, like, you've removed why I like this activity, and kind of... It's not endless. Yeah, you've put an awkward activity... You've awkwardly put another activity I enjoy onto this, which maybe works, but maybe doesn't, and, like... I'm gonna play a video game. I'm gonna play a video game. I'm gonna play pinball. I just want to play pinball. Like I don't want adventure mode in my pinball machine. I want like that high score chase and to possibly be able to play a four-hour pinball game. Yeah, 
Like I want to, I, I, if I if I have a really good game, I want to like leave that machine my back hurting, my fingers being like, man, you pressed two buttons way too fucking much in the last hour, Charlie. <laughs> you better pinball posture. Fuck you, back. We'll work through the pain. We have to play this game correct. <laughs> yeah. I uh, last but not least, I also played some Blood Harvest. I uh, there Blood Garden, Death Garden, whatever the fuck that game is. It's way too fucking long. I. The community for that game, at least on Saturdays, seems to be very alive, and you can get into games pretty quick, which filled me with hope and joy, because when I checked that game out on a weekday, it was dead. But that's enough about dead video games. What have you two been up to? Um, I guess I'll just go really quick here. So, yeah. today is my birthday, um, and to be honest with you, my plans normally for a birthday kind of go two angles. They either go on the angle of I'm going to go watch the next big Marvel movie because that's kind of been the tradition the last sure. like 10 or 11 years or so because my birthday happens to coincide right around the yeah, it's, it's release some, it, of the start of summer, summer blockbuster period. Yeah. yeah. So usually that's the plan, but obviously with Infinity War and Endgame already happening last year, which is what I did, I was like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go with, hang out with a bunch of friends, go do that at a good time, or... I go the complete opposite, where I will go to the movies by myself, uh, and I have done that in the past, and I actually enjoy going to the movies by myself sometimes. It's a it's fun practice, so usually just kind of like to like reflect on the previous year and hang out and enjoy just the silence of things, which I really, really appreciate. So this year is just going to be the silence of things. Um, obviously, it just kind of works out because it's Sundays, and... After the podcast, I'm pretty much just going to either hang around for a bit, not really do much, um, and that's what I like to do for my birthday, so um, since I can't go to the movies by myself, that's going to be the plan, but yeah, um, other than that, as far as this week goes, I've been playing a lot more Smite recently in some downtime, mm. uh, so between like Smite, the Alpha, or Shadowlands, and then just normal WoW, that's pretty much been my the majority of some of my gaming recently. It's interesting because, like, I hadn't played Smite for a while, but I kind of started getting slowly back into it. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, like, every time I hear Smite is still a thing and or actively still developing stuff, I'm like, huh, really? Oh, it absolutely is, yeah. Yeah, no, it's doing, uh, it's doing very well. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, other than that, yeah, it's, it's kind of a quiet, uh, it's a quiet day and I'm, I'm happy for it. I almost didn't do the podcast today because I was like, ah, I just want to, you know, take a day and not really do anything. But I'm like, no, nah, I'll, I'll come on and do the podcast today. But um, yeah, normally, like I said, it's just kind of a mix of either I go hang out with a bunch of friends, and since that's out of the equation, because of A, we're, you know, far away from everyone else. Yeah. B, uh, everything is shut down pretty much. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to take the uh, quiet time by myself and then really enjoy it. So yeah, that's that's it for me. I don't really. I, it's kind of a short week. Nothing too fancy, um, other than just seeing more things release and realize we're in the weirdest timeline possible. Uh, because <laughs> earlier this week, I or I think it was yesterday, I sent you guys that link for the Snoop Dogg slash Banda MS uh, hybrid song, which I really enjoyed, just because I like quirky kind of mashups in that situation. So mm. yeah, that's that's it for me. Well, um, as for me, I, yeah, I've been playing a lot of video games. I'm still playing Destiny 2, uh, despite the fact that, uh, it's just 
bounty hunting season, and I haven't really been too much into that. I've done it when it's been sort of, I don't know, I guess in a certain sense, and I'm talking about the Destiny Guardian games, when it's been kind of convenient for me, like for other things that I'm trying to doing and other quests, quests that I'm trying to go along. Uh, I did notice that uh, Bungie put out a an announcement that essentially they're rethinking the whole that next season is going to be better. Yeah, not next it, season, not, next year or next oh, really? year, I guess, or you know, year three. Anyway, I guess is going to be better about things as being more than just bounty hunting. Uh, that it's uh, and yeah, I don't know. I guess it's difficult. I mean, it, it, because Destiny 2 is basically an MMO. And you notice that most of the quests in MMO are kill 5 of one thing, kill 15 of a thing, you know? That's, and a lot of Destiny's stuff comes down to that. It's like, kill a certain amount of a thing, essentially, or collect a certain amount of a thing. And that's the mission. And it's hard, and you have to spend a lot more time to actually develop, you know? in-depth missions where, where it, you know, like they're, you know, the built-in stories and adventures that they have that are, at least take you down a narrative path. I do think Bungie, it's funny, it's like, alright, so I'm a person that's been aware of Bungie for a long time, since, yeah. uh, and I'm talking about back when they were making FPSs on the Mac. Yeah, I think my first mm. knowledge of them was Oni. Yeah, Marathon. The Marathon series, which is very cool and very good, but one thing that they've, even, you know, that, and even with Halo, is like, they've always struggled with matching the storyline with the gameplay, like, having it feel organic, where the storyline feels like it's moving along with your gameplay, it's always been kind of a divide there, it's like, really good story, on top of, and a really good game, but it feels like they don't really fit together very well. I think they've done a little better with Destiny than they have in the past where it's like, Marathon has a really cool story especially if you get into like Marathon 2 and Marathon Infinity. Really cool storylines, but it's like it almost feels it pretty much feels like it's tacked onto gameplay and there's only so much connection between the gameplay and the story going on. And yeah, I guess, and I guess my my point is, I still feel like there's a bit of that disconnect with Destiny's storyline versus the way the actual game plays and how well that kind of connects. Um, it's not something like you have to worry about with something like Doom, which is very light on the story. Even with the newest ones, it's yeah. still pretty light on the story. Uh, Destiny, uh, Bungie always likes to be pretty heavy on story and backstory, but it's like it doesn't always feel organic when you're playing the game, and I feel like maybe maybe they're going to try to do that, you know, improve on that for year three, and I hope they do. But hmm. anyways, yeah, still I play an Exo Hunter. I'm cracking zero in Destiny. If you see a cracking zero rolling around, that's an Exo Hunter. That is me. But in any case, I've played other games. Uh, awesome Knots still has a pretty big, like, there's a still a devoted group of people playing that regularly, which kind of blows me away because the game is like, dead in the sense that it's not, like, they're not releasing new updates for it anymore. That's that's not that's not happening. Mm. It's like, yeah, there may be a bug, bug fix at some point, but it's like, for the most part, 
it's it's a finished game. Yeah. And, but you can get on and play within a couple of minutes. Like it's there's a queue time, but there's always been a queuing time. But yeah, it's like if you want to play Awesome Knots, it's really easy to play it. It's using and what I've noticed is there are it seems to be a lot more Spanish speaking players and a lot more like Chinese speaking players. I I can just tell by what they the way they you know what they're when they chat in game or they're chatting in the sort of lobby area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that's interesting. Is it is a free to play game, so I think it's been opened up to a wider audience because of that. It wasn't always free to play, but it is now, and and so it's got a much larger like non English speaking audience than English speaking audience. I think right now, as far as first language, I mean they. I think most people playing it like probably are also fluent in English too, but uh, probably. But, but first language, not necessarily English, for I think for a lot of the community, I think that's interesting. I think it's because it is free to play, and so it is like you know, if you're from a country where it games are can be mad expensive, and internet and even internet can be mad expensive. It's like a free game is a game. You know, a free game with still a user base is a game that you'd like to play, yeah. I imagine. So, yeah. I have, yeah, I've noticed that, and that's pretty cool. So there's still, if you want to play Awesome Knots, you can just go on and play right now. It's really, it's free, and there's still a user base for it somehow. Huh. I still enjoy it a lot because I like 2D side-scrolling type games, and, you know, and it's a MOBA that's 2D side-scrolling, and it has fast action, so... Yeah, uh, I played another game that I picked up. It's a game, pretty old game at this point. I mean, it's been out since like 2013 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100% Orange Juice, which is Okay, a... what the fuck is 100% Orange Juice? What? Yeah. It, it is a board game plus deck builder game. So it's pretty simple, the rules are, the way the rules run. And you can play either against each other or a cooperative against a boss on the board. And it's a battling game, and so... Uh, and it's, it can be either collectathon or battling, depending on which sort of thing you're trying to win the board game with. But essentially, you have hit points and you have abilities like attack and defense and evade. And there are monsters on the board to kill, or you could be going around collecting things by going around the board. There's different things that can happen on the board, like warps. and. But yeah, you, there's also the cards, and the way the card system works is kind of unique, too. You build a deck. You have ten cards that you bring into every game. But what happens is, the cards that the, your ten cards become part of a shared deck for everybody. And so it's always four players. So I mean, if you okay, it's not to define everybody. So it's all four players. Yeah. So four players. So you you have a deck of forty cards, and it's in the middle, and everybody draws in the same deck when you land on a space or have some get another card that may allow you to get more cards, you're always drawing from the same deck of cards. And so you want to bring cards that benefit you and don't benefit other people as much. For instance, I'm using a character that has higher evade and less defense, and so I'm bringing in cards that will raise my evade instead of raising defense, because it doesn't make sense because my defense, my defense isn't as good. Uh, Alright, so the way the the system works is Attack, uh, it's all D6s. 
So you're rolling d6s, and so, and you're trying to roll for attack, you just roll and that's your attack, how many points of damage you'll do. And then against an attack, you can roll either defense or evade. Defense will defend all of the attack of its points uh, besides one. So at, at, you'll always take at least one damage when you do defense. But it, let's say somebody rolls a six and you roll three on defense, you take three damage. But if you rolled a six on defense and they rolled a six, you would still take one damage. Mm. But evade, you have to roll one higher than their attack, and you evade it completely, or else you, if you don't, if you tie or lower, then you take the full amount of damage. So there's a trade-off there. But yeah, uh, so you move around a game board, and it's actually a lot of fun, and Pretty easy to get online and play games online. So yeah, there's a pretty big uh, still uh, community for it that plays online. So you can go on, join somebody's game, or start your own game. But people likely join at some point. You know, either in your lobby time, or you can also join mid-game and take over for a CPU player. But yeah, hundred percent orange juice is community for it. Pretty active. Like there's a ILC at least like. In each, there's three types of games you can play. You can either play the regular version, which is, you know, player versus player. Mm. You can play the co-op, which is against boss. Or you can play the bounty, which is player versus player, but has different goals that you're trying to, a different, the way it plays differently is the way the goals goal system works in that. And in each one, I'll see, I don't know, 30 to 40 games going on at each, at any point, at any given time. So pretty active. But yeah, um, the game is on super sale right now. You can get the base game for less than $2 right now. Oh, wow. Or you, or you can get it with a bunch of, for like 7 bucks. you can get it with a bunch of the DLC, which I, I did. Uh, but I hadn't, I'd watched people play it, but I hadn't played it, and it's like, actually, this is pretty fun. Sometimes it's frustrating if you just get a uh, bunch of bad rolls, but I like the fact that there's also a co-op version. And the co-op is super fun. So, and it's a rare board game with a co-op that that, is a co- that has a co-op version of it, or you can even play co-op at all. Most games, most board games are not co-op. So I think that's kind of unique in the way that plays it's out. There's been a so. bunch of co-op. Like, yeah, it's been a trend lately. Like, it's, like, the Doom board game is technically a co-op game. The Bloodborne mm. game I picked up as a co-op game. It's been, like, a whole idea of maybe like these will be more fun if they're not monopoly and everyone has to be an asshole to each other <laughs> yep yeah and that's and i'm and i've mentioned many times here on the here on the podcast and to friends and it's just i love co-op games it's one yeah. of the reasons i still go on and play left for dead 2 left for dead 2 is one of the best crafted co-op games i've ever played yeah. and also dead by daylight is co-op and so is you know uh, death guard and blood harvest I am a huge fan of co-op games because they are really rare. I mean, there are some games that are multiplayer that allow, but even that, it's like, think think right now, it's like, how many games right now can you think of that are multiplayer where it's not against each other? Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, po- like, they do have the ones where you're, like, you're against one character kind of situation. Like, uh, was it House on Haunted Hill or something like that? Yeah. Is a game? Or, like... Yeah. Dead by Daylight, Death Garden. Yeah, the ones I mentioned. Almost but it's category, like, yeah. But the, there's not many. I mean, you think about 
you, you can count the number of games that do that on like one hand practically. Destiny raids. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I saw that uh, in even in the earliest in Doom, like I'm talking about classic Doom back in the day, 90s Doom, actually had a co-op mode where you're going through the missions and there's there's no friendly fire. That the point is to beat <laughs> to beat the game and it is you could play two player co-op and that and I was like, that's really cool. That's really rare. Huh. I couldn't even think of any games from that time period that had a co-op mode like that. And even now, there's it's really rare to have co-op games. So it's like I can dig a co-op game and a co-op board game. Also cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent orange juice. It's super anime. If you're if you don't like anime aesthetic, then maybe. You might not like it as much, but if you do and it doesn't bother you or you like it, yeah, the game is super fun and yeah, still has a pretty big community playing it. So yeah, um, the other thing it has is there's sort of currencies in it that you can buy stuff like, you know, you buy packs of cards or you could, you buy basically a chance at a card. So it's sort of gotcha in that way, but there's not that many cards. It's, it probably wouldn't take very long to collect all of them. And there's a bunch of different sort of deck uh, packs, I guess, that you can buy. And then there's a cosmetics. There's a bunch of cosmetics. And that's really what people probably end up sinking their uh, credits into. But hmm. in any case, yeah, still a, fun, a very cool game. And yeah, right now, I think just maybe only through the through the fifth. I think so. That's only for a couple more days. So if you're listening to this and it's already the fifth, that's the last day you can pick this up for cheap. But even then, the base game is still only like six or seven bucks or something. I think full price. So, but yeah, right now you can get it for two bucks. Uh, outside of video gaming, I haven't really. Uh, I guess I'm watching the same things I've been watching. Still watching Inspector. That's just a. It's just a cool series. Mm. I'm really, I'm enjoying it. I think it's witty and charming and interesting. Yep. Uh, I guess that's pretty much my week. Cool. So, time for news? 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 I didn't realize you were such a huge fan of that. Last I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm a little weird today. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. I'm in a weird spot today. Like, I've spent way too much time this last week on like a variety of weird websites, like contemplating hobbies. That if you rewound even like three months, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm a person with so many hobbies because occasionally I've sit, you know seen people that I know say I'm kind of bored. I'm like, I'm literally never bored. I have so much like, like projects and hobbies. It's like I'm playing with an Arduino board right now just because yeah, like, I have the extra I, time to do it. That's kind of the problem I'm running into right now. All of my hobbies either have a very high do something and then wait for months on fucking end factor to them or (laughs) our video game thing where it's like this is what you can do right now and i'm kind of like okay is there somewhere in between on this like all the succulent growing and stuff i do 
is there like a more immediate and or useful version of this you could get into? And yeah, there are. They're just kind of like, huh, okay, we're going to go down this path. That reminds me, I was, I'm still using the uh, video game succulent game that I introduced to you like uh, yeah. several months ago. I'm still, I still do that. It's fun. I yeah. don't have real succulents. It's just, I just have virtual ones. Well, uh, so using that transition to get into the news, I guess, because we do have to talk about the news. Uh, speaking of uh, virtual ones, I suppose, let's talk about GamerFest real quick. Hmm. Yeah. Is it Game GameFest? GameFest, you're right. Sorry, not GamerFest. That's a totally different thing that we do not <laughs> want to have happen. <laughs> that is the one where mm, you can smell, yeah. smell the word. It could be words. smelled three conventions over and many convention events later. <laughs> ah, GamerFest happened here four years ago. Alright, so I think we kind of a couple months ago at this point, maybe even uh foretold this might be a thing that was going to happen in the near future or mm. was maybe the reason behind one Jeff Keighley's decision not to be involved in E3 this year. Uh, but this past week, Jeff Keighley got out there and announced Game Fest. Summer Game Fest. Yes, sorry, so. Summer Game Fest. You are correct. I didn't write down the summer part in my notes. Uh, it is an all-digital showcase for the lockdown era. Whether or not this was under kind of in production before all this stuff went kind of sideways is up for debate, but it will run from May through August is the what the poster for this, I guess, implies. And it's coming in phases. Like not a lot is totally known about this yet. You can go to the official GameFest website, which is very stylized and not all that useful. Well, another kind of telling thing is that, all right, so there's a production company called I Am 8-Bit. Yeah. They step down as creative directors for E3. Mm. And they're going to be a part of, they're going to be doing this stuff for Game Fest, Summer Game Fest. So, hmm, this may have been in the works for a while. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, I know we were talking about kind of how big a deal Jeff Keighley leaving E3 might or might not be. I, I think we all talked about the idea. It's like, what if they're just, what if he's just doing his own thing? Like, he already has the successful game awards. What if he's kind mm -hmm. of spinning that off into like its own event empire thing? And this sure as fuck feels like that. Like, oh, yeah. And we're not saying and it's the a fact bad that, that it, it fits in with, it. and it fits in with, you know, kind of the brand that he's made for himself, which is, you know, consumer facing. Yeah. Yeah. It could also like, be he was tired of the idea that they're going to try to bring in influencers and well, do all that shit. I, I think yeah. it comes down to a schism their... where it's, like, technically speaking, influencer facing E3 is technically consumer facing. It's just still facing through a very cynical, specific lens. And I increasingly think, and I think this is kind of like, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but a couple years from now, and... I definitely think in the wake of the whole COVID-19 thing, I I'm not going to say something hyperbolic and go, I think the era of the influencer is over, but I think the era of the influencer is changing and mm. that model may be done or is in kind we've realized what it takes to kill that model for a lot of things. And kind of the wool has been pulled away from a bunch of people's perspectives on how that whole system works. 
and I think there's kind of an argument to be made for, yeah, maybe it's time to just have companies talk to their consumers again, as opposed to going through so-and-so who acts like an enthused fan, but like increasingly we're all jaded and cynical going, yeah, we, we know you're getting paid to talk about this. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I have a feeling maybe he just wasn't too happy with the, the other people who were... No, no, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I think he has realized in kind of that situation... <coughs> sorry. There is a market for what if we do E3 as it was kind of previously... Well, it's not influencers. It's just like, hey, here's a, a trade show or something or a presentation on video games aimed at people, not buyers, or not like with the like, yo, 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 it's your boy here aspect yeah. to it. Yeah, he's, I mean, this is the guy who's a journalist who's dedicated all of his journalistic life to video games. Yeah. And it seems like, I mean, a part of, you know, it, he seems genuine. Like, this is something that he's just very passionate about. And I think that shows in the types of things that he's chosen to be involved in and the, in, in the reasoning behind it. And but, but yeah, I this is this is huge. I mean, this is huge news. I mean, like, yeah, that he's sort of creating his own consumer-facing E3. Is he's like, you know, E3 should be its own thing for companies by companies. Yeah. But you know, I want to create something that's more consumer-facing. So and. Hopefully that, you know, a part of that consumer-facing sort of the idea will also be support for independent games. You know, support for smaller companies trying to make their way through what is increasingly clogged industry. You mm -hmm. know, difficult to stand out. In an industry where it's very difficult to stand out, so. But yeah, I think it's kind of... I'm interested to see... Who's going to take part, I guess, is, is a part of it. Like, what AAA games and what indie games are going to be taking part. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets pretty good responses, considering who he is. Yeah. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, we have a small listing right now, which is, like, kind of the ones we'd expect. Sony, Microsoft, EA. But also, Bethesda. it's the ones you'd expect. Like, that's the weird thing. It's the fact that, yeah. like, it's like it's not like it's just, like, Devolver Digital being, fuck yeah, we're headlining. It's like, no, it's these are the big studios, or these are the big players. Yeah, Activision, mm -hmm. Square Enix. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're seeing major, like, major support for it. So it would major publisher support for it so that's that's definitely an interesting part of it too he's yeah. built enough of a sort of brand and following in that it's like no you you have to be a part of this it's like they can they <laughs> them saying no would look stranger than way stranger than saying yes yeah i think it is interesting for somebody not be a developer themselves, you know, you know, involved in the industry to be a, you know, sort of a games journalist. Yeah, that's always be the somebody that, thing, though, too. Yeah, but to be somebody that pulls this much weight as that, as such. I, I think the, what's it, the Video Game Awards, they have, like, we can make fun of them all we want because we're cynical bastards and they are award shows yeah. and all that jazz and they are cringy, but, like, 
if you look at Keeley's legacy and what he's done for the gaming industry over like kind of over his time in it, dude's mm. a power player. Like we we can make fun of him a bit for a whole myriad of things, but like he was Mr. GameTrailers.com for a chunk of time. Like he's Spike the reason, TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he he has in many ways been the face for a lot of mainstream outlets. Yeah. Or video games in a very real way. Mm-hmm. And fuck, we all know who he is. Like it's it, it like not making fun of how you spell his name, but it's a it's a less conventional spelling of the way Jeff, but we all know how to spell it. Because it's Jeff fucking Keeley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In more large gathering news, uh Dota 2 International 2020 has been delayed uh indefinitely, probably till unleashed uh 2021. So that's, that means the 2020 is technically canceled, if you will, if that happens. Uh, this makes a whole fuck ton of sense to have postponed this, because, yeah. Yeah, of course. No real surprises on this, just kind of reporting that it's uh, coming in. In sadder but related news, I'm not sure if you caught this one, Alex. I did. But Evo 2020 has also officially been canceled. Uh, has not been officially canceled. I thought uh, Twitter got out there and said it had been. No, no, no. They posted they're... that they're canceling the Vegas event. Oh, sorry, they're you're planning right. You're, on... you're absolutely right. Sorry, I took the Ve- I took that as meaning the Vegas thing was canceled. My very bad. Yeah, but no, it is Vegas going... is absolutely canceled. They are going to try to do an online Evo this year, which is yeah. just a fucking train wreck of an idea. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and like, code... I'm actually... Oh, go ahead, Henry. I'm just saying, netcode, some of these games that they want to play on the internet have kind of not great netcode, just saying. Let's, let's be honest here. All the games that were selected for Evo's big like thing all have been known for either having horrible netcode or just lobby systems garbage. Uh, yeah. Oddly enough, the only game on that list that has a semi-decent netcode is actually Street Fighter V. And, and even that's not that, really considering how bad four was on netcode. And, and I mean five in general is just bad. And so the only way mm. to fix five is to um what's it called? It's to run that fan made fix for it. But the problem is, you know, you have people who play on console, people who play on PC, like how do you enforce that kind of thing? Plus, like it's just it's so <sighs> Maximilian Dude does a really good breakdown. I was watching because I guess he, he had posted about it and did a whole video where he talks about how, like, the netcode for all these games are notoriously bad. And, like, hell, the Dreamcast tournament, or sorry, the, uh, the Marvel 2 tournament they were thinking about doing, the Invitational, was going to be on Dreamcast. So that one wasn't going to work out that great. And he does yeah. this whole breakdown on it that works, like, he, he explains it really well. But, um,. Far better than I do because he understands the netcode on that a lot more than I do. But um, yeah, it's just he was saying like the only one that is legit a okay-ish netcode, and even then that's questionable. Is Street Fighter Five, Dragon Ball Fighter Z has bad netcode, Tekken has bad netcode. Like, yeah, it's it's a mess. They were talking about like the the one game that actually has pretty decent and solid netcode isn't even a game that's on the list, and that's Mortal Kombat Eleven. Oddly it's enough, it's just weird. That yeah. it's not on the list, I just have to say. I, uh, eh, I don't it's know. A, it's a game very deserving of being on the list. Uh, sure, but I also think like that thing has its own tournament stuff going on, or did. 
I'm not sure how they it's do. weathered. They have their own thing. they have their own combat kind of tour thing that they Yeah, they're not that, suffering so. for exposure or a legit fighting scene, I guess. I True. It's a little weird it's not there absolutely, but at the same time it's kind of a eh. Let's be honest, I mean, we're just going to watch fucking Sonic Fox destroy people and get his free Evo trophy. Yeah. But you know what game just came out of early access? Which one? The best fighting game that anybody should ever play. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid? Uh, no. My Little Pony one? Uh, yeah, basically. It's the, <laughs> yeah, them's, them's fighting herds is out of ac- right, early access. But how's access. the net code? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But it might be good. And you know what? That might be the new Evo game. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to rewind back to my comment of Evo 2020 is cancelled. Something Evo-related is happening, but I, I think Netcode's going to be a big topic this year, so much so it's going to ruin oh God. the event. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's going to... Oh, it's going to absolutely crash the event. Like, you're, I think you're going to see some super rage quits over Netcode. Well, it's, it's also not even that, like, it's like just, in the middle of the game, you're gonna, like somebody's gonna be playing there. It's just like, no, no, this netcode's so bad. They literally just quit the game in the middle of it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be bad. Because like one of the things that online like fighting game stuff works is like Evo was kind of a nice place, like gathering well, place for people from all over the world to play. Well, the point yeah. of Evo is it's two players against each other, kind of thing. No lag, no internet, no yeah. bullshit. Like it's like no, no. If you win, you win, and, like, if you lose, you lose. There wasn't, like, ex- room for excuses. This opens it up to, well, yeah, I live in Brazil and have shit internet. Yeah. So. Yeah, And that's... it sucks because there are, like, there are some legit really good players we would we'll, we would probably never see if it wasn't for Evo, like. Yeah, it's like, and it, yeah, and there again, it's like you said, there's, not everybody around the world has the same internet coverage. It's like. Somebody from South Korea, yeah. a gamer from South Korea, is going to have amazing internet Yeah, I'm going to say, like, the South, the, the South Koreans and maybe the Japanese players, bit of an advantage this year based on your internet infrastructure. Yeah, <laughs> especially South Korea, which has ridiculously good internet coverage for, like, <laughs> it's like practically everybody's, like, on the highest level possible. And then comparing to that, so yeah, like, somebody trying to play literally across the world, you know, like, on the other side of the world, in Brazil, it's like, and, and maybe their internet, their internet infrastructure is just not as good, nobody's internet infrastructure is as good as South Korea, it's like, that kind of seems not fair. That seems really kind of, yeah, sad. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like said, it, it, because the... Because there are some people we would never, like, was it, we would, we'd never see play. Yeah. Like, yeah. Otherwise would be there. Oh, exactly, yeah. And we know that, you know, Evo, that the fighting game community, the FTC, is super international. Yeah. Like, it is it is very a very international community, so, yeah. But, yeah, that's going to be a thing. Oh. It, I think that's going to be, like, they may have to re-cancel Evo. <laughs> re-cancel it? Curious to see what's going to happen with that, but yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah. I hope this doesn't kill Evo by accident, in all honesty. Like, this mm. feels like a weird choice that, mm. like, in four years we're going, like, yeah, Evo's canceled for good now. We're all like, remember that time they did the all-online Evo and, like, ruined it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about Evo, to be honest with you. 
And the re- I'm sh- like the fact that they, I'm sure they they did their thing in Vegas makes leads me to believe they were the kind of people who would get that insurance for you know events happening and failing because of whatever reason. Like something leads yeah. me to believe they would be the kind of people to do that. You have other tournaments I'm worried about, like CEO. Which... Oh, I'm worried about all tournaments at this point, really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even like the international, which people are like, oh, it's so good, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. I look at that one and go, I'm like, yeah, but like, what if you realized how much money you waste on this every year? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they can see the money that goes in and out of it. Right. But like, but like you can get like. As someone who's worked for companies that, like, had an event get canceled and then realized that, like, wait, we should never have been doing this event ever kind of thing. Like, it was like, no, no, yeah, it's like, oh, but it's like, it's a press thing. Actually, no, we did better not having this thing and just keeping the cost of the event internally than actually going through it. Mm. I don't know. Just being cynical. We got any more events that got canceled this uh, because of this? Um... Um, let's see. Comic Con, Evo. I mean, on their news docket, not in general. A bunch of events have got canceled. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think so. No, nothing that right. I can think of that's that's specifically game related. You ready for the Valorant corner? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the Valorant corner. Valorant. Yes. I'm calling it Valorant because it sounds correct for what we have to talk about with this game. Valorante? That yeah. Me. Uh, where do you even fucking start with this? Like, so uh, we talked about this last week, maybe two weeks ago. I don't fucking know. It's we. I brought it up two weeks ago. It yeah. kind of blew up last week in terms of all the stuff that was going on with it. But yeah. Yes, go on. So the the Twitch exploiting thing got so bad. Both Riot and Twitch got out there and independently are like, "Yo, we're changing how we do this." Because, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. It just ended up with weird. Yeah, we we went into that, you know, into that about this before, but yeah, the whole twenty four seven you know restreaming thing is definitely a weird exploit, and they shouldn't be doing that. So it was probably a bad idea in the to begin with. I'm gonna say that straight up, not a great idea. Yeah, a weird. I I could I mean, see the reasoning behind it, but I think is dumb. <laughs> I I think the intention was good, but like all things that are well intended, how the public kind of takes I... it is a whole nother angle. Like yeah. it's, it, in concept and on paper, it sounds really cool. Yeah, in execution yeah. people will find ways to exploit, and that's what we ran. This into. is one of those ones where I think like I don't disagree with what you're saying, but also like I'm pretty sure someone at some point before this got rolled out was like, well, here's the obvious way you exploit you exploit this. And someone said, yeah, we don't care so long as our game is in the top most viewed games on Twitch for a month. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's... Mm. I, I, there's no non-cynical version of this in my mind. Like, it's... it's oh, what, yeah. It's oh, yeah. It's... Knowing what Riot knows about how games that are streamable work and stuff like that, I would go maybe so far as to say, like, the fact it went on this long, like, it's been a fucking week since we last talked about this, and they could have nipped it in the butt immediately, but didn't? Like, Mm -hmm. they were aware this was going to become a problem, or at least very could potentially become a problem, and 
Yeah, they're not maybe they're not yeah, stupid. Yeah, like, maybe Twitch is innocent in this equation, but I, I don't think so either. Like in the same way that I don't think Twitch cares if you're actually watching. Like it's they're getting ad revenue because a browser is aimed at a stream that's showing ads. Beyond that, mm-hmm. they don't fucking care. Except yeah. when people make enough of a ruckus that it starts looking like shady business practices, which it kind of is. Like, like oh, note yeah. how like the streamers aren't getting in trouble for doing this, as far as I can tell. It's just them no. being like, okay, we heard you, we're changing the rules. Like, th- this feels like something that might or might not be a violation of some user agreement you make between Twitch, where you're branding something as live, but like, it technically is, but it's not really. They even come out and said, like, it's like this isn't in the spirit of what we mean for live, so we're changing it. And it's like, are you going to punish the people that did this? Oh, well, no, it's not, not in the spirit well, of like, it. They don't, they don't punish yeah. anybody that's making them a lot of yeah, money. I've, We've already seen that they are incredibly uneven with any sort of enforcement of any of their rules, yeah. which they keep a lot of way, way too fucking vague so that they can kind of do whatever they want. Um, it's just kind of, yeah, well, and- the fact that this, this happened in the first place is as unsurprising as the fact that they ultimately yeah, had to I- shut it down too. Yeah. I, I-, I want to not be go- sitting here going like, you know, pretty sure this was the plan all along, but it sure as fuck feels like the plan all along. Yeah. Well, and, like, I-, I think the more unforeseen ones, the next two things, like, the reaction to the anti-cheat system is so bad, they've said they're gonna make changes, but, like, not maybe the changes you need them to make, like, oh, I don't know, not having administrative permissions? Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, so now your system's only gonna be hacked yeah. when you're running the game. Yay? It, that's, it's like, in some ways, the always-on, not super the problem. Like, it's... Don't get me wrong, it's an overreach and a problem, but, like, it's not the big one of you're putting a giant backdoor into anyone's computer that has this game. Well, alright, so this is weird. Alright, so, there'll be a system tray icon for it. Um, you'll be able to turn off Vanguard, but you won't be able to turn it back on until you reboot. Wait, so if I want to cheat at Valorant, I can just turn it off? If you or it'll prov- you can't play Valorant. Okay. If, if it's off. If you want to keep Vanguard off indefinitely, all right, so I'm reading off of their Reddit Wait, wait, post. wait, wait. So it ha- so it's now a mandatory at boot up program. And this is even weirder, all right? So if you want to keep it off indefinitely until you play Valorant, you'll be able to do so more easily now by uninstalling it. But it'll automatically be reinstalled when you launch Valorant. <laughs> that seems what? Fucked. What? That that seems kind of not great in a variety of ways that make me very. It also, and this is something people have been already running into. It doesn't play nicely with some software. Yeah, and they're and they're like, it says it'll block certain incompatible or vulnerable software from running on your machine. You get to choose that. That's so weird. <sighs> yeah, it's just just make a good anti-cheating system instead of this absolute shit one. Riot, you shitheads. Yeah, it's 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 not a bug; it's a feature. I it yeah. definitely sounds like it. 
Yeah. So it's like, they haven't really made a meaningful change to it. Now it just sounds even shittier somehow? Well, so, so like an, the, the well icing. done on just adding more fire to your garbage fire, you fucking idiots. Well, and then the, the icing on this fire cake we're making right now for Valorant <laughs> this week. Um, is the game even officially out yet? Just in closed beta. Okay, so the game's not even out yet, and it's already at, like, fucking Overwatch and CSGO harassment toxicity levels. Oh, yeah. Again, not surprising. It's definitely kind of of that style of game that seems to bring out the worst in people. But, like, holy fuck. Like, it's real bad. I mean, this is why... I I am a still former League of Legends player yeah. because of just how toxic the community is. And this got picked up more because a a Riot designer posted about it, posted a video from her time in it. So she, video evidence of just how, you know, one level of how bad it can get. And she was like, this is normal for, for when you play this. and. And we've had before a a riot a riot manager basically say, "I don't even go into the public queue because of this." Yeah. Well, and like, and I think my takeaway from this is, and it's kind of, it's not a good takeaway, and it's not like a solution or anything, but like, it's the CS:GO problem. Like, it's the there are just a list. There's a slowly increasing list of games I just don't play anymore because the fundamental community around a game that maybe I do or don't want to play is fucking toxic at this point. It's Counter-Strike, it's Overwatch to a certain extent, it's definitely League, yeah. it's definitely Dota, like, and, the, 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 yeah, it's like, a, I'm surprised it got this bad this fast with Valorant, but also, it's a fucking Riot game, of course it's this bad. They already have one of the worst kind of base fan communities out there. Yeah, and that's actually what kind of, you know, pleasant surprise in Destiny, Destiny 2. It's not, doesn't seem like nearly so toxic. Oh, we hate the game. Stuff. We don't really hate people except outside of Trials and Comp where you're a fucking yeah. tryhard. Yeah, but for the most part, Destiny 2 is actually a, a reasonable community where you don't hear or see a lot of this yeah. stuff. It's kind of rare in that game. And it should be there, too. Like, given how seriously some people take that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, if. It absolutely should be worse than that game, and I'm not saying like we need to make it worse. Like, <laughs> do not misquote me. I am not out there being like make Destiny more toxic. We're just—it's just we would expect it to be more toxic yes. given the type of game it is, well, and, and given it's... kind of Destiny's legacy with having Halo, which was kind of a toxic game. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but yeah, bad job, Riot. Bad job. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad jobs, uh, 2K got out there and explained that <laughs> they are not developing WWE 2020 because they want to spend more time developing the next installment of that game so that a uh, beautiful train wreck doesn't happen again. Oh god, those animations are just in the just they're amazing and nightmare-inducing. I mean, that's some like that's Cronenberg. That's Cronenberg world. It is. Some of the ones I saw was like literally like you see eyeballs floating in space and like the hair somewhere uh, else. And... Truly a nightmare. Oh. Like it's yeah. 
Like and and like the missing skin textures was one thing. It was like Ooh. the floor, the, the like the wrestling uh, ring being not solid, so people were like up to their like <laughs> shoulders, rap grappling in the mud pit that was the wrestling arena. Like <laughs> this is amazing. This this is this is what I want. <laughs> Make this real WWE. Employ ghosts. Yeah. Employ Have you thought about employing ghosts. the undead? Yeah. Vince McMahon, obvious necromancer. Yeah. Although he'd probably do something like that just to be scummy and be like, well, if they're dead, I don't have to pay their health insurance. Oh, that's why I'm, that's why I'm saying Vince McMahon, definitely a necromancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ghosts don't need health insurance, kids. <laughs> Did Vince McMahon, necromancer, just become a new, cha- uh, new podcast character? I think so. God fucking damn it. Vince McMahon. <laughs> Necromancer. Ah, uh, uh, you you ready for our Fallout seventy six uh quote uh thing of the week? Hey. I, I, yes, please. Fallout seventy six is the one that keeps on giving. So please it, go it, on. I almost feel bad covering this one because it's not like a truly failure on their part, but it's also kind of fucking amazing. So uh, we got those NPCs, which is good. Hmm. But there's the, now the, the NPCs that pit pocket that one. No, no, no. Oh, yes, but <laughs> so there, there's a robot in the game, and because I don't play the game, I don't totally get it. It's, it's uh, the Communist Collectatron Station, which is, I guess, supposed to help find stuff for players or something. I don't know. Yeah, automatically, automatically searches for certain types of items given on the given the setting. Yeah. My impression is you kind of deploy and it does the searching for you, which is cool, especially for a game like that. Mm-hmm. It'd much rather talk about communism, though. Well, I mean, it's the communism robot. I don't know what yeah. people expected. But no, but like only talk about communism. Like the problem is when it goes and collects stuff, it puts them in your in your kind of collection box. But the but the issue is that. The ratio of communist flyers to actual items it's supposed to be finding <laughs> is kind of off. So it's like, you'll get like 50 flyers and a grenade. <laughs> so literally clog up your entire like collection box with, with communist flyers and then like, oh yeah, here's a grenade I found. Hey, hey, hey it's not your grenade. It's our grenade, <laughs> comrade. Uh... Yeah, no, that's fucking great. Ugh. That's just, ugh. I gotta admit, though, like, hearing that, it's like, oh, that's kind of mild compared to all the dumb shit 76 has done. Oh, yeah, oh, it's, that's super mild. I only throw most of the Fallout 76 stuff that's humorous-like on here just because it's funny. It's like, okay, yeah, there, there is some humor in this game's fucked up this that's, like, Arguably, NPCs looting corpses, not the end of the world, but it's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. You know the best part about this communist electron robot? You have to pay for it. Yeah. It's not something oh, yeah. that's included in the game. You have to buy for... <laughs> have hey, we reached peak Communism irony? is not for the poor, Alex. Have <laughs> we reached peak irony of you have to pay for a communist robot? That collects propaganda flyers uh, for you? Some might argue, based on history, you've always had to pay for a communist robot. You just didn't realize it at the time, necessarily. But Fair enough. 
yeah. Are arguably, just... this is the most Fallout appropriate communist robot possible. Where it, you have to pay money to get into it. It does its job, but it doesn't do it great. So, all right, I, I guess maybe people maybe didn't pick this up, but the reason why it's so bad that it clogs up your repository is if it's full, if your repository's full, then it stops collecting stuff. Sorry, yeah, I should have said that. Like, it, it also doesn't it start kicking stuff out. No. Oh, it just, it it just stops. Shit. No, no, it just means you just can't get more. Yeah, it just stops doing it. what it's supposed to do. The reason you bought it to do it is because it's already filled your box up with 240 flyers, an apple, and a grenade. Wait, wait, there's an apple now? App, uh, or I'm talking about, like, actual, like, eating apples. No, no, I, 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 I know. I'm, I'm saying that's, that's, that feels more in line with the communist robot's ideals. Here's a grenade, but also a grenade-shaped fruit. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can, there all sorts of fruits and vegetables exist. Very sickle and hammer out. simultaneously. Yep, so that's that's <laughs> that's a thing. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Next up we got some uh delayed game release date updates for you. The Last of Us will be coming out June nineteenth. That's actually sooner than I thought the delay was going to be, which is a good thing, I guess, but also makes me really wonder what studio conditions are like for that game right now. Oh, yeah. Knowing what we know about Naughty Dog. Yeah. And uh, Ghost of Tsushima will be coming out July 17th. I would really like to know more about what the fuck that game is already. I, I, know I personally like surprises, but that's I me. I want to know how it plays, and I guess my fear is mm. that, like, it's more Dark Souls, less God of War than I want that game to be. Like, I'm not opposed to hard games, but, like, I, I want to experience the story of that game, I think. I, I want to have fun playing that game and be able to play it for extended periods of time and not feel like my heart in the back of my skull going, You can't keep doing this, man! <laughs> the stress will kill us. Like I, I love Bloodborne. Bloodborne, I could only play in like two or three hour increments, or I'd get too frustrated. Like I don't want all of my games to make me go. Why do I even play video games anymore? Like, yeah, I can just have my dog stomp on my nuts if I want the same experience. That's free, technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I want them to get out there and say this game isn't Tenchu, but it has stealth mechanics. Like I, it's. I'm afraid that game is Sekiro, which is a game I really enjoyed up until I didn't, and then that game just fucking soured on me so hard, I can't go back to that game. And I, I, I want to play this game. It looks cool. Yeah. But I, 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 ever since Sekiro, I'm like, no, there are games that are now too hard for me to bother playing at this point. Like, it's like, I could have gritted through Sekiro, maybe, but like, no, I, I just, I, I think I'm done with Souls games for a long time, and this game looks really cool and I'm excited for it, but man, like I need them to get out there and say, this is easier than Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else had that moment lately? We're like, it's, I miss what's going on in the world. I'm like, I don't want games that make me like angry while playing them. Yeah. I, mean, I get that. I super get that. I can, but you know, I, some people really appreciate the challenge, and I'm no, not no, gonna... I, I, I'm not knocking those people's experiences either. Like we're all different, but like th this is again, 
increasingly so, I'm like, I don't have the time to, like, get good. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, I get, I get, I get both sides because, I mean, I also grew up in a, you know, in a time of games where there is still a lot of the feel of arcade games. That is, arcade games are made to steal your quarters. Yeah. They just are. I mean, yes, there's good, very good arcade games, like, made in the 80s and 90s, and it's like, but also, they were made to take your quarters. And so a lot of home console games also tended to be kind of still with the same mindset of, this is just going to be very difficult yeah. to play. This is going to be a hard game to beat. Hard no, but I'd also argue those games were less narratively driven at that point in time. Like, it's... Certain ones, yeah. I mean, if you get to the really arcade-style ones... Very much didn't have much in the, in the way of a uh, narrative, but even like uh, it, there are other games that I could talk about, like on the NES or on the or even the Super Nintendo, that were very much like this is just hard. This is just a very difficult game. Yeah, and, but I'd also argue like the idea of a Sekiro or a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne at that point in time, like that concept would have been like, wait, what? <laughs> No, well, I mean, no, not really. I mean, they are in the line of, you know, the, like, NetHack and Rogue, roguelikes, as you, as they, they're often called, where it is, where, where there is a sense of permadeath. Yeah. Like, you get punished much harder in NetHack. You die in NetHack, you start the game over. You die in Rogue, you start the game over, as, as with a lot of roguelikes. So, no, punishing people really hard for not... For messing up in the game, it was m- there's much more harsh ways to do that. Sure, I guess, but at the same time, though, too, like it's, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this one. I guess like they they were less that was challenged and not so much like walls. I guess I, I don't know. Like, I, like you could improve at those games. I think that the, I think skill we're now making games skill floor versus skill like, ceiling. Hmm? Maybe skill floor versus skill ceiling. Yeah, like there's a really high skill floor just to play Bloodborne. Like, for Bloodborne, you need to really know how to combo with the gun, because the gun is something you have to use in your combos. Yeah. You just have to. And if you don't figure out that part of the mechanic, you're going to fail pretty hard in the game. Yeah, and I, so, I, I think there's also an aspect to them, like, the games are longer and add more and more things over time. Like, I net hack, like, add stuff over time, but, like, not in the same, okay, now the things you were fighting as bosses are just enemies now. Have fun. Uh, NetHack goes pretty high in in its difficulty when you get to the final. Yeah, I, I'm not playing an easy game. It. I'm just saying, like it's 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 hard in a different way, I guess. Oh no, there's there's a different style of hard, I guess. Yeah. But uh, NetHack and like you know, various games that are like modern, actual like roguelikes, like uh, the. Uh, uh, I can't. I can't think of any. I'm trying to think of some right yeah, now. Yeah, we shouldn't like, spend too much time on this. We're definitely belaboring. Yeah. at this point, uh, Adom A D O M is one. I, yeah. I but uh, but yeah, that's a proper roguelike. But yeah, that that punishes you pretty hard. If you, I mean, you die, you die. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Moving on from that, though, uh, let's talk about Stadia. Mm. All right, Stadia, still a thing. Uh, we had a Stadia Connect, which announced they're bringing PUBG to the cloud, which I feel like we talked about previously, but 
Yes. Yeah. It's actually coming now. I, I, I don't know. But. <laughs> uh, more importantly, though, as part of this, they kind of unveiled some um, exclusives. It's not quite clear what... It, they're timed exclusives. Sorry, I, didn't, I missed the timed part. Uh, timed exclusives coming to the Stadia. They're the, the first on Stadia brand, if you will. Um, these are Crayata, Ember, and Get Packed. Anyone have these games on their radar previously? Um, I, I've heard about Get Packed, I believe. It's weird, because um, I thought that game was already on the Switch. That's the moving game, maybe? Yeah, it's a moving game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's hmm. going to be... Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's gonna be at least first on Switch. But yeah, that's the moving game. I've I've been kind of keeping track of it. Yeah, it's, it's a co-op game too, yeah. so pretty cool. But yeah, Stadia first. These games look like it sounds shitty to say, but they look like games. Uh, if I'm not gonna like, they look fuller than I guess maybe my concern was for Stadia exclusives. Like the Cryata looks. I'm not sure what that game that's is, a- but. That's a hold on. Is it's that a builder, game creator, yeah. game creator. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you make games in it. Oh, so, so it's, it's a, their response to what's it called? Uh, dreams. Yes, it's very much dreams. It's it's built on Unreal Engine four, so it's going to have some of those caveats of Unreal Engine games. But... I looked at it and thought it was just kind of a less stylized Animal Crossing. Mm. But yeah, it's it's a make your own. It's yeah, it's basically dreams. Probably the one of all these I thought looked cool they showed off as part of this was Wave Break because it's got a mm-hmm. bear that's obviously a uh, cocaine kingpin. <laughs> it's not it's supposed to be a racing game of some kind, but the bear is dressed like he smuggles just a shit ton of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, Ember is also a co-op game, and it looks kind of similar in a certain sense to Get Pack. Um, it's, uh, your firefighters. So, but yeah, it's a co-op firefighter game. But yeah. Interesting. They see, I mean, definitely there's a direction here for, for all these, and for most of these announcements, for I am confusing Get Packed with Moving. Oh yeah, Moving. Uh, yeah. Uh, Get Packed is, yeah, another co-op game. I mean, that's things like... And Krata is for making co-op games. It's for multiplayer games. So it's like, hmm, there's a real push here for... We want more people playing on on Stadia, please, basically. If we can't get games to come to Stadia, we'll trick people into making them for us. <laughs> but That's yeah. my takeaway from this. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think it is interesting. We're seeing definitely a big push for Stadia. Like, we need more people on this platform. So, let's put some games on here that are very specifically pushing multiplayer. Whereas, you know, a lot of their first releases, most of them weren't online multiplayer, or at least that wasn't the main point of the game. A lot of them were single player. So, I I think that's an interesting push that we're seeing here with that. Yeah. Next up, uh, Indivisible, the latest game from 505 Games. Oh, sorry, uh, Lab Zero, uh, publisher of 505 Games. Uh, it just kind of happened by accident. <laughs> yeah. And so what technically happened was 
they have tools that sort of, and there's a Nintendo tools essentially to release into their store. Well, they push the date for their release date because, you know, that happens. However, they didn't, they forgot to change the release date on their tool. And so their automatic tool automatically released whatever they had ready. It's going out now! <laughs> Happy accidents. No harm, no foul on this one. Nothing insidious. Yeah. There is a day one update that basically yeah. what got released was still the game tested basically near a pretty much a gold release. Yeah, but... for better or worse, it's not been negative to the uh, reception of that game. Yeah, it wasn't like a beta build got put out, out put out there. It's a fully finished build, but it but they had some day one releases they wanted to add to it, which is like frame rate toggle. 1080p dock support. Yeah. So some other things. So yeah, that's that's what happened there. But it wasn't. But it just shows that. Mm, Guys, game yeah, development's can, hard. Yeah, <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's. <laughs> I'm surprised we hadn't seen more games accidentally do that. Like, oops, our beta, our actual beta just went out, and it's broken and not good. Yeah. We're not ready. But anyway, that's kind yeah. of a weird one. Indeed. Uh, next up, Humble Bundle raised over $65 million for COVID relief charities, which is good. Nice. What legends. Those guys are always great. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very cool. Yeah, I mean, it's very uncynical, I have to say. And so, you know, whereas we're seeing some of these, you know, billion-dollar companies say, we're donating two or three million, which, dough, yes, that's good. But Humble Bundle just raised sixty-five million and made all y'all look kind of silly. I need to play a little devil's advocate on this one. That is raised versus just straight donating. But you're also not wrong. It's still, yeah, they they don't they raised a shit ton of money for this very very good. And cause. they don't they don't really make that much money off this stuff. I mean, because. You can actually choose which in with using their own tools to not give them a dime. Yep. And they're having and they're hosting all of this stuff. Indeed. So, I mean that's why they have a humble store. Because it's like the humble bundle model by itself mm -hmm. probably wouldn't even cover their surfer costs. I've always actually kinda wondered. Like I I'm sure there's a more sizable group than I want to think of of people that are just like, ha ha, nothing for these games. I have all the games. <laughs> but I have to say also as a person that has worked all also as a web programmer, people don't realize just how expensive server costs can get. No, sure. Yeah. I, I've, most, I've, most, your general public has no idea how much it can cost. Server costs can be per month. Because bandwidth is very expensive. Yeah. And the and the earth throughput, I mean, that's how they kind of measure it, how many bits go through. That can get, your costs can just keep rising and rising from that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I meant it more from just the angle of, like, I've always been curious how many people just don't pay for that. Yeah. Moving on from that, though, uh, in light of all of Fortnite's social gatherings, I guess, they're announcing Party Royale. 
bringing this game from a bad joke I made last week about how that game is kind of the seeds of uh, the game from Ready Player One to... Yeah, this game's fucking Ready Player One almost, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we're going to see a purely social space. Yeah. Which is, yeah, interesting. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Like, it makes sense given the scenario. And they've already had the sandbox environment, which yeah, I've got to play around with for a while. So it was, this is just a natural progression to actually create an open space for it. It's like VR chat with all the creep, without all the crazy creepiness of the avatars you can be in VR chat. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I it seems to be cool. I mean, it's going to have certain... It's not going to be just like, here's a room. There's going to be activities. Yeah. The, the one takeaway I have is they should enable combat in the mosh pits. Like, you can't die. <laughs> melee attacks should still be a thing. Like, it, these aren't yeah. really concerts until someone can yell, open up that pit, and a bunch of people can actually, you know, open up <laughs> that pit. Yeah. <laughs> Just That's the best. A bunch of people's avatars running into the middle with the, all the uh, pickaxes just swinging at each other. See, I would find that <laughs> unbelievably funny and cool. Like that—that's a lo- yeah. that's an immersive aspect at that point. That I think with all they're doing, the, like it deserves in a weird way. Like th- that's a fun thing that like won't be for all people, and you'll still have people be like, "Oh God, the pit is open," just like a normal concert. But like for the weirdos, mm-hmm. I think that would make me go to a Fortnite concert. And be like I can be in the pit. Awesome! Yeah, my pickaxe. <laughs> I'm going to open up this pit with an axe. I mean, and then why get... not? <laughs> yeah, do it. You should go on to Fortnite and do it yourself. No, it's not how it can happen. No, if I'm not committed to open up this pit, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of fun at this point. It's. So I've been intentionally saving our Assassin's Creed news for the end. We want to talk about Animal Crossing quickly first. We want to dive into uh, the other AC game at this point. Uh, we we can talk about. Uh, or do you want to end with a happy thing? Or uh, I was going to end with the Microsoft news this week. Okay, all right. Let's talk about Animal Crossing. Yeah, this is just a fun one, really. Yeah, you can download real art to the game to put on your walls and stuff like that. You can't donate to the museum, unfortunately, which would be cool. And also completely negate the purpose of uh, one crazy red, but yeah, yeah. This this is from the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, and so yeah, and it's real, real artwork, and it's pretty cool. Is that I mean, what, what Lockma fucking stands for? Am I just learning this? What's it? Yeah, fuck. <laughs> what, what stands for? Uh, Lockma. Yeah, Lockma. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what the fuck that thing, what that stood for. Really? <laughs> I wasn't born here. Doesn't matter. Henry, what? were you born in LA? No. And he knows. Henry's cultured. Uh, I go to museums on purpose. I've been to Lockma. I just <laughs> never put thought into what the fuck yeah. Lockma stood for. But yeah, uh, they have some. You could you can get there's some QR codes, and all you have to do is scan in the QR code with your. Uh, with your Animal Crossing app, and it'll bring it in. Boom art. I may have to do this. There's some good art they're showing here. Good art. But, uh, I, I can't believe this is a transition that actually kind of works, given how this whole thing went down. Uh, but speaking of art, uh, Ubisoft, in a truly Ubisoft way, chose to unveil 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yes, it's the Viking Assassin's Creed game. Initially with like a fucking eight-hour art stream, which after like three hours, <laughs> it was all us going, we know it's fucking Vikings. You can stop teasing us. Just run the fucking trailer, you monsters. But then we had to wait a whole other day to get the official trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And, yep, the, the, the next Assassin's Creed game features Vikings. Vikings are cool. This may be my final straw where I'm forced to ask the question, what the fuck is an Assassin's Creed game anymore? Because <laughs> Pirates was the last one. I'm like, okay, I kind of get how this is Assassin's. And they went back to more assassin things. But this is the least assassin thing they've done in the franchise to date. And it's just me sitting here going, okay. Like One this thing and I'm being appreciating a- is, uh, I have to say, just from the artwork, is no horned helmets. Because yeah, it's that's accurate. Not, that's, however, I'm also seeing a lot of no helmets, which is not as accurate. They, they definitely wore helmets. They just didn't have big horns on them unless it was for a ceremonial purpose or some guy was like i'm yo i'm putting horns on my helmet but yeah but they don't seem to be wearing helmets at all and no they definitely had helmets and wore them so but they do that with a lot of games so you can see the people's expressions and stuff but i suspect there'll be a helmet you can put on in this game yeah i would assume yeah you think they'll go over like the origins of like parkour and all that charlie I, i I was curious if you were going to bring this up. So this does raise the question, like, will we have a fucking main character-ass Viking rerunning? And I, I, on one hand, like, that's enough to maybe make me play this game based purely on, like, fucking seeing some dude dual-wielding axes and wall-running at the same time, because that's the kind of person I am. But at the same time, too, it's like, if that's in the game and not shield wall tactics, someone fucked up. <laughs> I d- Maybe he'll parkour with the, you know, swiftness of Loki and shield wall with the vigor of Thor. Uh, I it is kind of weird. I appreciate I mean, it. Of the of the <laughs> fighting styles that I might associate with the weird, you know, with the parkour system of Assassin's Creed. That's this is one that's even less so I well, feel like, like down to the fact that it feels like dual wielding is a big focus in this game, which is cool, but also like it looks like the hidden blade just appears to be a knife essentially duct taped to your left wrist. <laughs> like that And it's on the top instead of underneath. Yeah, I, I Which doesn't make you as much of an assassin as it does. You're just a fighter. You're just you're a warrior. You're not an assassin anymore, yeah. are you? Really? I mean, that's the thing. I feel like they're getting further and further away from we're assassins who stalk the night versus I'm here right out in the open with my blades. That that yeah. If you go watch the not... trailer, you can prominently see, like even on the box art, the knife is just sticking out. Of the dude's, like, wrist, like, just pass his hand, like, yo, there's a tiny knife on his wrist. But it's like, (laughs) there's last several games have been kind of, like, we forgot what an assassin actually is. Yeah, especially the last one, where it's like, you're a Spartan. A Spartan assassin? Nah, just a Spartan. Yeah, that's, that's not really an assassin. You guys 
has seemed to have forgotten what assassin actually means. Uh, and, and that's where I'm coming from on my, like, what the fuck is an Assassin's Creed game at this point, because as much as I'm probably going to buy this, because in the same way I bought, like, the last Assassin's Creed game I was unironically into was Assassin's Creed 3, and that was because a lot of people told me, like, yo, this story is super problematic and needs to be seen, like, it's worth experiencing how terrible this main character is. And it's not, I admit it's not, not ironic at that point, but, like, my interest in that was genuine in, like, okay, it's an Assassin's Creed game, these haven't been ass up to this point, I'll go check this out. And then the pirate one happened, I'm like, why are you here, pirates? You like the franchise? No, I like pirates. No, and it's genuinely a good game. It's a like, great that's pirate last... game, it's a bad Assassin's Creed game. Oh yeah, no, it's, but you still actually have assassin missions, uh, but, yeah, you're also a pirate. Yeah, like, and you're... And the thing is, it also introduced the start of you are overpowering at hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. You do you dual wield swords and blades, and you can just wipe out loads of people. Yeah, what's Whereas, his name? Arthur Kenway starts off a badass and like maintains that badass trajectory until the end. Yeah. Whereas, like in the first Assassins and even the second, you know, the first couple in like Brotherhood, uh, Brotherhood started to go the other way, but. It, it did differently, but in any case, narratively, like the first two, you weren't a bad. You didn't want to get in a in fight. In practice, you were a mass murderer. But it's like you didn't want to get into fights in the first two. It's like if a couple of people come, you're probably going to die. Oh, that wasn't you, my experience. You just, the carry system was so broken, you could just down dudes. But like that's 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 what I'm saying. Narratively versus in practice, like you weren't supposed to be that good at murdering fools with just a sword. But, yeah, it's like, but you really would get kind of overwhelmed. Oh, yeah, no, it was dumb what was happening. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't, it didn't make sense. It's like, well, I'm just standing here parrying people to death. This is bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but even, but, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you could get overwhelmed in those games. It was yeah. a sense of, yeah, you probably should stick to the shadows and not stick out and use your ability to blend into crowds, you know? Yeah. Though, as Ezio, you shouldn't be able to blend into crowds because Ezio just is tricked out like crazy but uh, yeah and and black flag was very much like i'm gonna use stealth what do you think i'm gonna punch that dude and kill all his friends that's not stealth it is for a pirate and even brotherhood started to break that where it's like you can you get you basically have a saints row crew yeah (laughs) that's you, you pretty much brotherhood is assassin's creed saints row where you can call in your crew to just annihilate yeah, an entire right. square like, of like, people. Like, yo, all you are here, that's going to do a drive-by. Like, actually, like, actually. Yeah, seriously, like, you, because in Brotherhood you could call in your crew and they would just come in and clean house. Yeah. Like, crazy. Like, yeah, so, yeah, it's like, you're an assassin. But it's like, now it's, they might as well not call them Assassin's Creed. You might as well just have a different name for it. It's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of the same way I felt about the newer, the newest God of War. It's like, it's just, you might as well just call it a different game because it has, like, no ties into the previous games. I did eventually, but yeah, it was, it was very different. But, but you see what I'm saying here. Yeah. It's like, at this point, they're just tacking on the Assassin's Creed name because it's a known brand. Oh, this was definitely a return to me going, like, 
why do you insist on making Assassin's Creed games anymore? Like, just start making a franchise called Historia or something. Where we yeah. play badasses in history and drop all of this, like, pieces of Eden bullshit. Like, please stop furthering the bullshit that is the Assassin's Creed like real world animus timeline stuff like i it's like it's like i want to play this i really do but i don't want to have to like get invested in what an assassin's creed game is again like i just want to the play newest this cool ones looking assa- a viking game yeah but it's yeah it's just kind of like yeah just just call it something different now he all all they've done is taken well in this case it looks like they've taken the newest God of War and strapped a knife to his wrist. Yeah, which I'm kind of okay with. But, but yeah, you're not it's an assassin Kratos anymore, dude. Knife. When you're dual wielding axes out in an in a very very prominent, you know, definitely not a quiet outfit. You can't really call yourself an assassin, can you? And I'm sure they'll work, like, some bullshit stealth mechanic into this game, but it's every image where they show this main character with two axes or two swords or, like, in a giant fight with his tiny little wrist blade, which I cannot stress this enough, is just, like, a sharp piece of metal shoved into the wrist of his glove or something so we yeah. can stab people i'm like no no yeah it doesn't retract it's just out there yeah like it's like it's like no there's an honored tradition of the viking stealth knife they have a name for them they're called like a it translates like vagabond knife or something and it yeah, was these this like giant that. weird knives you stuck on your back for like when you were blocking you would just grab it and gut the dude with it like there's a whole yeah. fighting style based around them it's like the the photos that I've seen of him are of him dual wielding axes and yelling, all of which does not say assassin. Apparently, you can dual wield shields, which I'm really excited to see how that works. <laughs> and then you have a tiny knife still strapped to your else, yeah, tiny knife. Like it would ah. make more sense to sharpen the edge of the shields and call that the hidden blade than to have this bullshit little <laughs> yeah. wrist blade. Yeah, yeah, you're not. I, I'll know. It's there's nothing assassin about this. Just drop the assassin's creed. Yeah, just, I, yeah. Call it Historia. And let people have fun, you know, in historical fiction, yeah. which I've already mentioned many times. That's why I like the game. Yeah. I enjoy historical fiction. Yeah, like you can even keep the fucking free running. I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Like. Lothgar, first white dude to invent parkour, existed. Like, especially if he yeah. can use that free ring to vault over the shield wall, I'll be like, that's badass, and I don't care about the historical dumbness. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's... But it, don't even bother with strapping the ridiculous tiny knife that he's never gonna fucking use. <laughs> so tiny, it's so dumb. Look, and I mean, I, I'm now picturing, like, because I know how I'm going to play this game. I'm going to play it like stereotypical Viking media has taught me to, where it's going to be me, like, beasting my way through a mission, and then the game will zoom in to, like, this guy hidden blading some Templar or something and doing the whole eye-closing bullshit cutscene, where I'm like, no, I should have just rolled into this wound sm- room, smiled, and be like, I axed the dude and ran out of the room being like, I got one! <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what is what, like, you know, Assassin's Creed pirate game devolved into for me. It's like, 
I'm dual wielding sabers. Yeah. Why? Why? I I'm not even using my blades. Like, why am I even using the blades? Oh no, but that game still forced you into the like. Okay, we're gonna zoom in on you murdering this Templar and give you this like intimate assassin moment. Even though the room you got here through is just full of like shipmen, you cleaved in twain on your murderous path here. Because Arthur Kenway don't believe in no stealth. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't no coward. Yep. He's out there fishing for sharks and murdering entire crews with his bare hands. Not not his bare hands, his hands he ripped off of a bear because Arthur fucking Kenway. So it's like, any more, what is the Assassin's Creed? Yeah, that, what is the Creed that we're talking about? This? The Assassin's like, Creed is just murder everything. So I, I essentially, guess. what you're playing is Murder Creed with a different style of murder. And like, I would yeah. be all with that, except for the fact we keep having games that tell the origins of the Assassin's Creed. And it's like, oh, this is this is how the Assassin's Creed came about. Okay, cool. At the end of the game, <laughs> did I just No no, this doesn't feel at all like an Assassin's Creed game. Like, I don't like, I don't know how being a Viking fits into the mythos of the Assassin's or a Spartan, Creed franchise. Or a pirate. It, it, it's, like, it's 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 to remind you, hey, there, there's a way to be like a stealthy murderer. It'll be cool. Oh, but you just murdered everything in your path I'm, instead. I, I'm hey, sure the covert Vikings. The English gangster one was kind of made more sense, to be honest. That I, was probably the last one that they made. That, that game was, like, was flawed, but the idea was cool. Yes, exactly. At least it was like. No, I could see them having a use for assassins. They're like running a syn syndicate. Yeah. You know, syndicate. They're running a criminal empire. Yeah, it feels like an evolution yeah. of the idea of bad guys, but for good kind of thing. Yeah, the, the criminal empire yeah. aspect of that work. It's like, it, it's a shame that the side-scrolling games used up like Soviet Russia, or like early Soviet Russia and Japan and China, because those are also games, those are also settings that like, have rich assassin tradition, I guess, to them. Or at least yeah. you could do something interesting, but, like, no When I think of Vikings or Spartans, I don't think of assassins. I don't think of a, a tradition of, sort of, of spies in general and assassins. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no I'm one's sure they existed, but... No, no Viking story exists of Lothgar, the guy who invented wall running and was really goddamn sneaky. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not what we hear. That's not what gets you into Valhalla. No. Look, 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 guys, guys, guys. I, I have yeah. I have more ideas for the Assassin's Creed timeline. Okay, so we've done. They did the American Revolution one already, right? Yeah. Yeah, kind okay. of. We did that. Um, we did pirates. We're doing Vikings. Okay. Now, hear hear, hear me out, guys. Caveman Assassin's Creed, okay? Ah, uh, Ubisoft so, did that. It's called uh, Far Cry Prime. Uh, Prime or no, no, Prime no, 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 no. So you're going to be Ugg Ugg, the original assassin who started the you're, fucking you're Assassin's Creed. just describing the game I just said. Okay, yeah. and so Ugg Ugg doesn't really know how to work things mechanically, so he carries around a blunt object he sharpened, okay? And he just wraps it around his wrist with some fucking weeds, okay? And he walks around, and he just goes, ugh, ugh, and he stabs somebody, and then you get points for it. And you wall run on the trees, which are few and far between, and then maybe jump on the back of a dinosaur, and, like, ride around and do that. Okay, so here's the problem. I know you're trying we'll to make that about Caveman, 
But that's essentially what the Viking game is going to be. Like, I, I, I love Viking historically and stuff like that, whatever the right phrase yeah. is. But, like, they're, from a weapon standpoint, it was very utilitarian. Like, this blade might as well just be, like, a sharp rock tucked into the bracer this dude is wearing. Like, the Vikings were busy pulling out the... Maybe they will in this game, and that would be hilarious, but, like, they weren't exactly known for their steampunk clockwork, like, trebuchets and shit. They were known for, like, okay, so the town won't come out? How do we fix this? Light the wall on fire. Light the fucking wall on fire! Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it, yeah, I... When is he ever gonna use this blade? When the game forces you to. Like, that's the... So, yeah. Like we made a lot of jokes, we've had some fun talking about this, but like I think this is one of those times where like this is gonna be the most ham-fisted. Oh, you're an assassin now of the franchise, and I think that's going to suck. And of the three of us, who's definitely going to play this? Because fucking Vikings, I, I I'm just sitting here being like, I'll play it, but like, man, am I not looking forward to there being like, okay, you have to be stealthy. People know who I am. My nickname is. Lothgar, the guy that killed a million people in that field. I'm a known entity. Stealth is not something I do anymore. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Hear me hear me out. Scrap Ugg Ugg, Creed, okay? Okay. We're moving on. Future, okay? Let's say you're gonna... You're in the future. You've got a, like, orange blade that attaches to your arm, but you also use guns, okay? And you're in space, and let's say you're, like, a commander of swords, okay? Right? And we can call him Shepard or some shit, right? And he goes around and he assassinates people with this orange blade, but he's also got guns. And we can evolve the character by giving him romances and, like, you can make decisions and things like that, right? And you can make your character male or female to work out, you know? I think it'll, I don't think it'll have a mass effect on the future of the Assassin's so Creed franchise. you think you're making a joke, but you obviously haven't been following the last two Assassin's Creed games closely enough because everything you described except the future was the last two fucking Assassin's Creed games, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically the last one. The last one, like, had romance options. Mm -hmm. And you could be either, I think it's like, maybe not, See, the, I, maybe not like Origin, but Odyssey was a gender-neutral game. You could play either gender and... There were romance options and all that shit. Like, it's... You want to take this real broad... Like, the last two Assassin's Creed games have made you wonder what the fuck's an Assassin's Creed game in just unbelievably general ways. But, like, at least the settings kind of made sense. This is the first one that's like, yo, we're Vikings. It, no, no, I know. But, but, like... But but I think I think taking this approach, you can be... You can even, like... We're just going to evolve it further, okay? okay? Like it's just you're 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 going to be part of some sort of like some sort of alliance, if you will, I, M6 or N7, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there. It's a totally original idea, okay? I okay. just made it up right now. Um and so yeah, you 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 can you can have like this these affairs, the aliens and all that stuff. You still got to keep the orange blade because remember the Assassin's Creed, you don't have the orange. If you don't have the blade, are you really an assassin, right? Yeah. I I hear so, you. So, yeah, there you go. And, okay, but also like you joke but I would love to see that game. <laughs> I'm telling oh, you, this idea is going to have a mass effect oh, on the game in the future. I'm telling you right now. No, no, what I'm what? saying is, like, you remove your mass effect joke from that, and, like, if you made, like... No, they're going to do that. It's <laughs> like, they're eventually going to run out of historical scenarios yeah. that they're interested in doing. Oh, no, there, there's been a push, like, 
of the time periods that are requested for like the next Assassin's Creed game, World War One, World War Two, the Cold War, Japan, and the future are all things that come up with a lot of frequency. Like there's a group of that of that fan base that are like, man, it'd be really cool to see a like more modern version of these games. Like Syndicate hit home for a lot of people because like, yo, you have guns. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, imagine a KGB Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Yeah, just a Cold War era Assassin's Creed. Yeah, that. Where you're maybe working at, you know, unofficially working as a double agent or something like that. No, there's a there's a lot of intrigue there. Oh, I think yes. when you compare the KGB to the CIA, the CIA are obviously Templars, and the KGB are the assassins. Like, they're yeah. working within the Russian system to like the larger goals of the Templar as like masquerading as the secret police of the Russian uh, Soviet Union, but like I, I think that's how you do that game. No, I think I think a Cold War one would actually be very yeah. cool because you could bring in modern, more modern sensibilities of what does it mean to be in a spy, a spy and an assassin. Yeah. So and there they could actually return to hey. You're actually an assassin again, and you have a reason to hide your identity. And you, you and, start pushing and, the and stealth blend. angle of it and stuff too. Yeah, again, it's... yeah. Go back to having stealth because I can't imagine this yelling Viking with double axes really relying on stealth. I assume he has a move called Battle Cry that makes me better at killing people, <laughs> which I'm a use in stealth situations. Okay, we need you to stealth your way into this battlefield. Ready? Go. Yeah, that's, that's how I'm going to start every stealth mission in that goddamn game, and I apologize to our listeners if the audio got just fucking jacked there for a second. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just a yelling Viking, and yeah, you're an assassin? Yep. Alright, so, uh. and, and while we're on this topic, we do have some, not just us kind of being like, oh, haha, Vikings, Assassin's Creed about this, uh. Ubisoft got out there early and shut down all you haters that are like, there weren't female Vikings, you can't play as both. You, there absolutely were. Oh, there were. We have evidence of that, actually. Whether there, there is, yes, there is some debate about their role in whatever, but female Vikings existed. Get over it. Like, minimally, yeah. there, were, there were archers. Minimally. My of what we know, that there were archers that were definitely women. I believe in the idea the of the shield maiden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, we kind of have evidence that, no, that, that's definitely a thing. That's definitely a thing that's happened. Yeah. Here, here's the thing that always seems to get to me. Like, we're discussing a fantasy take on something based off of history. Historical fiction. And the idea fiction. that there's a chick involved somehow is like, ah, the immersion's broken! Oh, yeah, no, I... Like, I don't care! Play whatever the fuck you, you want! If you don't know how to... If you don't have any relationships with women ever, I guess. I mean, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, the, the fact that there's a Viking with a little up. piece of metal sticking out of it is far more immersion-breaking for me than the idea yeah. that maybe a chick picked up an axe at some point. Yeah. Which, there is... I mean, that's... Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to just go into how long of a rant this would be, but it's just like... Yeah, we won't grow, give it the time Oh, no, day, I, I only brought that up the because it's, up. Like it's been part of the comic. It's... We had the fun conversation about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. There's been a whole yeah. separate dumb conversation happening simultaneously that 
is worth mentioning and how dumb it is, because... Yep. Uh... Yep. But yeah, you could, but you can, yeah, the main character, you can be male or female version of the same character. Yeah. Like, whatever like the fuck you, you want! Like... Just like you could in Odyssey, and it's like, yeah, and, yeah, and shut up. End of the day, <laughs> play whatever the fuck you want if you're gonna buy the game. Yep. Like, other than that, just kind of shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, yeah, yep. So uh, and silly. but uh, we we have one more last but not least thing on Assassin's Creed Valhalla, <clears throat> and that it will not be launching on Steam. Okay, you know what? Fuck this game. <laughs> I could put up with them adding women. I could put up <laughs> with the fact that it's a Viking, but it's stealthy. But it's not on Steam? Fuck this game. I hate these politics that they're adding in terms of the launchers they want to use. This is such garbage. I'm going to write to my senator. Where's my waifu pillow? I'm upset and I need to hug something. You forgot your fedora, Alex. I, my, I always wear my fedora. Fair enough. My yeah, fedora that's, that's... stays on when I put my headset on, so my fedora doesn't lose it's any kind of grip. Fuck built that. into the headset. You got damn right. You're a real gamer with your fedora headset. I'm a real fucking gamer. I've got my fucking Mountain Dew sitting here nearby. I, uh, my, my Bella Daphne Gamer Girl water came in, and I've got my shrine set up for it in my game room. I'm a fucking guy gamer, dudes. Don't mess with my Steam launcher. So as you can obviously guess from um, Alex's fake outrage... No, this is real outrage, okay? It's, it's coming to the Epic Store and the UB and the Uplay platform. Oh, when it comes to Steam. God. It appears to be Epic. another timed exclusive yeah. kind of why, like the... Why do they hate freedom, Charlie? Henry, uh, why do they hate freedom? So this reminded me of something cool. I think the GOG Galaxy Universal Launcher went live this week because all of my games now show up on the version of GOG I was running that wasn't upgraded. Oh. That's kind of cool. It is. It's really cool. It's like, hey, these why games are installed. Hate... Why does Epic hate freedom? Yeah. Ubisoft. More like evil soft. Fuck, I need a Mountain Dew. Uh, that, at last but not least in our... Uh... <laughs> I, I don't know how to follow that. That was a hell of a performance, man. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that level of commitment. I'm not going to lie. Like, if you said, like... The, the most like moving part of this week's podcast will be Alex going full gamer conspiracy theorist about how Ubisoft hates people's freedoms of where they buy video games. I'd have been like, I mean, I, I believe it, but nah. I mean, most conspiracy theorists are pretty copy and paste. They say the dumb, same as same dumb shit. It just you know they cut and paste it to whatever their issue is. Oh like, no, frogs I, I, are turning gay or something. Again, like I. Respect to the commitment there, my friend. <laughs> I, that that was like that, that was a that was a rant that normally comes out of me or something. That was beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've never felt more angry at Epic in my entire life. You goddamn right, you yeah. should. Well played. Uh, but last but not least, in our news this week, uh, we will be getting more news by next podcast on May seventh about the Xbox Series X. There will be a Ooh. gameplay reveal set for then. Uh, beyond that, it's not clear what. Question is, though, presented in 4K Xbox exclusive, are we doing a drinking game for that? I 
I suspect those phrases will get said a lot, and you might die if you made a drinking game out of them, but sure, fuck it, why not? It could even be an Xbox exclusive. Ah! Uh... Yes! Henry's yeah. joining in on the fun. No, no, I, I just hate that that's the abbreviation that comes out of this thing. <laughs> you should have fucking known better. I mean, how many times yeah. do people say dumb shit on the internet? Did they not think it was going to happen? Like, uh. I, uh, So I'm going to add, like, teraflop to the phrase of things to drink to to get killed by this thing? Terror- oh, yeah. God, you just want to fucking die. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I just, let's see. Teraflop, 4K, Xbox exclusive. Um, I don't know. What other ones would they throw out there? Can't think of anything else, but I think that would be more than enough to kill a man. Yep. Oh, no, it's, four, it's 4K, um, Microsoft Store, that like, whatever the phrase they're using for that like cross save play thing they're doing, Game Pass Teraflop. Mm. Those are the phrases you drink to if you want to die as part of that stream. <sighs> yeah, I mean, just settle for 4K, and you might get a really solid buzz. See, like, I think 8K is the new phrase we're going to start hearing, but I don't know about 8K. I mean, that's we could. I would say like if you want a really good like, if you want to, okay. So let's take this example. Let's say you bought a couple cases of White Claw, okay? Uh, 4K would be enough to get you, I would say, like, early on, like, nice buzz here and there. If you combine a couple cases 4K, or a couple six-packs. Because a couple cases in plus, I got, like, 48. Okay, a couple six-packs. Yeah. And that's too much packs. White Claw in one location for the FDA not to kick in the door being like, what are you up to? Yeah. <laughs> so let's say you, you got a couple six-packs, right? Um, a case, if you will. A single a case, case will. of White Let's Claw. Let's say a single case of White Claw. I think if you just went with 4K alone, you'll probably get through a few of those boxes. If you went with 4K and Xbox exclusive, uh, I think you would be, was it, is the term white girl wasted? Is that the thing? See, I <laughs> think uh, 4K and Game Pass gets you to white girl wasted faster. Mm, true. Like, and exclusive is whatever. Like, that, that. Saying a video game platform wants to advertise its exclusives, aka the reason you're buying that versus the competition, whatever. The, ex- yeah. the, the things that make Xbox Xbox are Teraflops, 4K, Game Pass. Yeah. So I think at this point, if you do, yeah, if you do Game Pass, 4K, uh, Xbox exclusive, and Teraflops, uh, the only thing you're going to win is the opportunity to explain to people how you got drunk off of alcoholic LaCroix. Have I told you the dark secret of what um, uh, White Claw actually is yet? It's alcoholic LaCroix. Now, how do you think you make White Claw, though? I don't know how you make White Claw. You it's take LaCroix and you throw... beer. What? White Claw is brewed. Oh, God. Well, it's like a malt beverage, right? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, the assumption that White Claw is, like, fizzy water plus vodka, it's not. It is white sugar plus yeast plus water to get the alcohol content, and then you kind of, then you clean it up via methods, normally kind of cold shocking it, and then you add the flavoring via fruit. Like, I found a recipe. I can make my own White Claw with brewing supplies. Oh, yeah, well, it's just, it's a stripped-down malt beverage. It's a malt beverage. That's only malt beverage and no flavorings. Yeah, yeah it's just yeast and sugar. 
So gentrification was an alcoholic beverage. It would be malt liquor turned into the fucking White Claw? Yeah, yeah. White, white yeah. Claw is the gentrification <laughs> of, of like, Colt 45. Yeah. <laughs> and and Four Loco and various other Nothing malt thing is Four Loco. I, I, I'm not going to act like a Four Loco defender on this one, but... Four Loco is its own dark nightmare that nothing will ever be ever again. Like, the closest thing that was Four Loco was, I think it was called, like, Jolt Beer or Shock Beer, which was someone who uh, had to put, like, actual caffeine into light beer. And, like, it was Moonshot or something. It was these, it was these dark blue bottles that, like, they were started, like, there are documentaries about the people trying to get this beer going before Four Loco happened. And then Four Loco happening because it was easier to caffeinate the malt beverage. And then being like, shit, that seems really dangerous. I feel like Four Loco is like some brewers who started practicing Cthulian rituals, and that's how they got their fucking Four Loco. I mean, it makes sense because doesn't, doesn't Cthulian like, influence make you insane? And yeah. so it makes you crazy. So you're loco. Yeah, you're you're not loco. wrong. You are not wrong in some ways. I just but we have spent blew this conspiracy right out of the door. We have door. spent way too much time talking about this because we have emails to get to. All right, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> That's it for news this week. Uh, a little, little tidbit there for you what the dark secret behind White Claw is. It's just sugar, water, and yeast, FYI. Behind the brewery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> behind the brewery. Uh, but yeah, that brings us to emails this week. Uh, obviously, we have no fancy convoluted story of how you get messages to us because, well, it's just us this week. But we can be reached at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, that's wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spells the sounds down in the show notes. You know the drill. Uh, so this first email comes in from Alexander. You're Wicked Awesome Cast. Well, I would, uh, well, I would like... Wicked Awesome Cast? <laughs> there's some weird typos in this one. <laughs> Are they are they from like the New England area? I don't know, but it. <laughs> we could ask some cast, but anyway, go on. Well, sorry. I wouldn't. Uh, so sorry, I'm, I'm putting this one together. That may have been also me putting that on there by accident. <laughs> well, I would in no way like to imply that Nintendo um, orchestrated a massive viral outbreak just to really supercharge Animal Crossing sales. It's impossible to not recognize that AC is definitely experiencing a moment right now because of various quarantine situations. Are there any other games that you think would have gotten a similar boost in visibility if they had launched during a viral outbreak and not when they did? Um, a fucking WoW would have killed it if it came out right now, I think. I don't know. Fucking launch an MMO a month and a half ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you launch an MMO a month and a half ago, I could see that happening. Although MMO is such a such a scary market to get into now. Well, yeah, and I yeah. think also like WoW is only really MMO left in some ways. Everything else is kind of doing its own spin on the format. And yes, I, I know think if you release an expansion for a current MMO right around this time, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, an established thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. if Final Fantasy fourteen had dropped another like mini expansion or something just before it, I could totally see that doing really well. If Fantasy Star Online had come out in PC at the start of this and not just on Xbox, I think that'd be a very different conversation right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be playing it right now. Like, I mean, fuck yeah. this Dead by Daylight, fuck this Animal Crossing. I'd be like, fuck yes! Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I think Final Fantasy Star Online would have fucking crushed it if they were able to come out around this time. Because yeah, it's free to play, yeah. yeah. 
It's out, and I could be playing on Xbox, but until they announce how fucking cross-safe works, I'm not touching it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. Maybe a, I, I was going to say a driving game, but I think, like, like that SnowRunner, the game I'm playing right now, if it was better and maybe more fun, I think that could be having a real moment right now, because that's, like, some way out there we- uh, wilderness, like, that's almost some, like, camping tourism-style game. Like, maybe Firewatch would have gotten a boost from this because of what that game is, but also, that game's Firewatch. Basically, t- the type of game that you'd be able to, like, sit on and play yeah. for a while. So, like, a Minecraft-esque type game. Not to say Minecraft is mindless, per se, but, like, it's just one of those where, like, it's not, like, extreme or you have well, to take... These objectives and there's the pressure to get stuff done. Like, well, I think there's also a social aspect that's missing. For I think Minecraft's a good example. I think like AC part of the fun is you invite friends to your island, and I can't go to any of y'all's houses right now, but you could come to my Animal Crossing island and hang out at my house in game or something. Like, yeah. th- there is a version of that that makes a little bit more sense. Like, y- you can, like, fuck, Animal well, Crossing has Tinder gates going down in it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, like Minecraft, but online. Like, not necessarily a single-player game, but, like, if you had an online version of it, like they do now, sure. if that had released or something, uh, that would be an interesting game to play, I think would do really well. Sure, I'm sure. actually curious to see how Second Life is doing in this whole quarantine situation. Second Life is too much... far gone. Is it? <laughs> I, I, I can only assume. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that would also have been another one. But oh, yeah, no, you're right. Like, the idea of that, like, it's... It's it, it's basically any game that would help fill the void of a social aspect without having to be like objective driven where you have to get stuff done. I think yeah. it would do really well. So like sandbox environment game. Well, I think so, like a yeah. fucking Grand Theft Auto Online. If that lo- if, like, that's having a moment right now too. I think as a result of this, like I think like it's you have games having moments, but like I also think like if it, like, if GTA Online or like GTA Six had launched around this time with online functionality or something. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, well, it's like we're looking at games with a lower skill floor, or maybe less, not really a requirement for that at all. If, you know, if that was released now, I mean, because that's the thing, it's like, you're getting more people playing games now and being online now that weren't necessarily doing it beforehand. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's what we saw with, like, Nintendo Wii. We saw it bringing in a lot of people that weren't formerly really playing games, in some cases, ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it'll be games, yeah, with a very low skill floor that's kind of easy for anybody to get into. Well, I think any game that lets you kind of hang out with your friends in a very social way, a la Grand Theft Auto Online or Animal Crossing or other stuff like that, kind of leans into that some. Well, it's like I've been playing a tabletop simulator. Yeah, which is which is exactly that. No, no yeah, I think it, yeah, I think that matches the mold perfectly. Thank you for writing in, Alexander. Yeah. Our second email and also our last. This one comes in from anonymous. Dear Rick and Awesome Cast. So I was browsing Reddit the other day and saw a post from an indie dev. I think about how, in the lead up to their game release, there was a huge there, there was uh, there was huge buzz, tens of thousands of wishlist editions. And then the game came out, and they didn't break even break 500 units sold during their initial release number, release period. 
I think it was about a month back, and there was a conversation during the news about how all about all over the place Steam success and interpretations uh, are. And this story helped contextualize the idea that you three were batting around at the time. I'm assuming the answer is yes, but do you think this uh, this failure to convert uh, wishlist to Steam sales is the normal for most games at launch? Uh, oh, we, we kind of know it yeah, is. Absolutely. I think the I think the wish list or what the wish list is to most people in Steam terms is not well understood by game devs at all. Like it's more a way to wait for the step. It is a way to wait for Steam sales to give you games for cheap. Yep. Yeah, uh, for me, it's like, yeah, it's a way just for me to also see is like, I have games on there that haven't been released yet. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's it's been released. But also, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's like, this is a game that I can't afford to buy new because it costs like 60 or 70 bucks. But, you know, if there's a sale on it, you know, like, you know, that gives me, you know, 20, 20, 25% off. Yeah, I'll pick that up. Yeah. Um, it's also some, yeah, it's mostly a budgeting thing for me. It's like, I just don't have that much money to spend on new games. Which is why I tend to pick up on a lot of the cheaper and free games. It's just a budget thing. And, yeah, I think I've seen, I swear I have seen before an article that somebody wrote about how which wish lists don't translate well to sales. Yeah, I think it's... At least for me, the wish list exists for games that I want eventually, or I want to play eventually, but don't want to pay full price forever, and are games I'll just fucking wait on until they get down to a kind of a, some unknown price point. I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it at that point. Yeah. Like, fucking Monster Hunter for PC sat on my wish list for like a year and a half, I think, before I finally pulled the trigger on that one. Hmm. Yeah, I have a pretty long wish list right now, yeah. but it's like, there's not a whole lot of it that I'm able to afford. Some of it I might be able to, uh, possibly, but it's like, I also have a thing of, I have a lot of games that I haven't finished already, so it's like, uh, there's also the thought that, you know, I'm not ready to take on a new game because yeah. I already have so many games that I haven't even touched. It's like, most of my Epic Store games, I haven't even Played. I feel better about those because I didn't pay for most of them. But yeah, I, I've say during COVID, I've definitely made the conscious choice to be like, okay, you need to at least play a game you have not played before or haven't played or like didn't give a full shot to at least once a week. Because if not now, when? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Fuck. I think I started playing pinball arcade because of COVID. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's check this shit out and. I am regretting not checking it out years ago because A, I'd fucking have that Bally West set up and be like, yeah, Black Knight, and B, I, I wish I'd just been playing this sooner. Like, it, it, ma it makes me unbelievably happy. It's a game I definitely dismissed at one point because the pricing for it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think to go back to the question, though, too, like I, it's, I think like we've said and I think kind of like has been proven, People buy games in really weird ass ways, and I I've actually kind of wondered if the wish list combined with Steam sales is actually detrimental to game sales overall because it leads to kind of a hobby of waiting till you can get that like triple A game for four bucks. <laughs> yeah. Which fucking go for it, but also like there are some studios that need that upfront buy in from you to 
keep making games. Like, do that to fucking Activision and EA all you want, but, like, maybe don't do that to Bungie right now. They kind of... Uh, maybe not Bungie, but, like, there are smaller, big game studios out there that are self-publishing or don't kind of have the same cash influx from being part of a larger thing to keep them going constantly. Like, the Metro guys, like, I was a little yeah. hesitant about Metro Exodus, but I'm still like, eh, it's a Metro game, I like supporting the studio, and ultimately I think I was right to be hesitant about that game, but I still bought it at launch because it's a Metro game and I want them to keep making those things. Yeah. That actually reminds me, uh, the new, the Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, I tried to play it. Oh, that is a, that is a, that is a phone-melting game. Like, Oh wow, that that is that is a that is that just needs to be on a console. That is a very very CPU intensive game, and to the point that I can't even really play it. Is that that weird fighting game they have? No, uh, no, it's the one that's basically Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, got it. But yeah, the mobile version of that. Yeah, I haven't been able to get into that because uh, it's kind of phone melting. Even more so than KOF All Star, which is pretty phone melting on its own. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, unfortunate, but yeah, I do want to play that game, but I need a I would need like a phone that's not three generations back to do it. I have a I have an LG G6. A part of me wonders if like that will start being the limiting factor on phone based gaming because. It feels like our need to keep up with the latest phone culturally is slowing the fuck down quite a bit. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, it is, it's just kind of like, I don't know, I think, yeah, kind of silly, but it's like... Yeah, it's... I bought my phone used, <laughs> so, because you know, way cheaper, and, but yeah, uh... Yeah, I'm a few generations back, and oh yeah, I, I pretty much can't run some of the newer games, or else they just melt my phone. Yeah, don't know. But yeah, I, I think. But yeah, back on the topic of the letter. Yeah, <sighs> I think the indie game situation—it's just always been hard. Just ask anybody who's been independent artist. Period on getting out there and just getting known among amongst the sea of people that are also trying to do the same thing. And the and the worst part with sort of the game scene is there's so much shovelware out there that gets kind of yeah you know, rolled in with everything else that makes it even harder to stand out when there's like a million games on Steam. How do you how do you how do you stand out and then get people to buy your game? Yeah, don't know. But yeah, it's definitely an issue, and yeah, I, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that wish lists don't translate well to sales. Like, you really can't rely on that. Yeah, no. I, I agree with that. Yeah. That being said, though, Steam good, Epic bad. Both have wishlist yeah. now. Uh, <laughs> Epic wishlist bad, Steam wishlist good. The Epic, <laughs> the Epic sale they did actually, like, a couple months back was genuinely good, too. I don't need your Epic propaganda here. Yes, yes, I know. My <laughs> shilling will not be tolerated. <laughs> All right, well, that does it for this week's podcast. That does it for uh, emails, at least. Um, anyone want to say anything before we close this thing out? Um, you can find me on my social medias. 
uh, Maeve Online across the board. Uh, I've been posting a little bit more recently, even in some of the stories and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, Maeve Online, it's uniform across the board. So that's uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitch, Mixer, YouTube Gaming, and Facebook Gaming and all that jazz. So, yeah, if you search for Maeve Online, there's a very good chance that's me. Yeah, I am uh, Kraken Zero on social media. That is Facebook and Instagram. If I'm going online, <clears throat> like if I'm streaming, I'll be posting it there too. But yeah, if you see a Kraken Zero floating around in Steam, any Steam games, like or like Destiny Two, that's me. Uh, yeah, if you see a Destiny Two player being amazingly mediocre, and his name Kraken Zero, and is an Exo Hunter, that's me. Uh. My stream schedule seems to be Thursdays and Tuesdays over on Twitch under Mordak, M-O-R-D-4-K. I appear to occasionally do Tuesday streams, but I'm going to try and keep the Thursday one at a minimum being a constant. It's been fun. They're random and weird. They seem to all start with Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm luring you in. Uh, much we ever actually talked about my other social media stuff, you can find me as M-O-R-D-4-K on Twitter and Instagram and almost every other place worth talking about it, so come at me or whatever you want to do. You're bored. I probably won't respond, because I don't really check that shit that much. <laughs> Both exist as delivery mechanisms of photos of my dog. <laughs> but, and that does it for this week. Anything else before we close this one out? Uh, no, I think we're... I think we're good. Well, Alex, would you like to do the honors this week? Of course, cue the metal. <laughs>